Meet Alison Blair, the Dazzler. She can transform sound into powerful bolts of light. Leave this one to the Dazzler. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels issue 134, the comic book show where the goggles do nothing. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David. I can't believe we're doing this book, McVeigh. <laughs> I'm David Longer. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> In this issue, Marvel plans to release a prequel to Star Wars The Force Awakens. We imagine it's the Force hitting the snooze button for 20 minutes. <laughs> also, the Preacher TV series finds its ass face. Oh, when really? asked for comment, he said, Huff, 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 then it's Chrononaut, Strange Sports Stories, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., iZombie, Arrow, The Flash, and more in what we've been reading and watching. Plus our kickest ass pick of the week ever, Dazzler the Movie by Jim Shooter, Frank Springer, Vince Coletta, and Christy Shield. Warning, not an actual movie. This is Behind the Panels. <laughs> Richard, stop glowing. <laughs> I can't, it's my power. Um, I, we I just got to say, I did not know that Arseface had been cast, and now I have to wait about 20 minutes to find out. <laughs> yes, you do. I'm like so excited to know this. <laughs> uh, we actually. He's like one of my favorite characters in comics. Ever. Hands down. Ever. Oh, no, he's brilliant. Full stop. Yeah. I actually had a comment this week. Victor Dean Hampstead, who we mentioned last week, uh, his little girl was in, in hospital, and he thanked us. Oh, yes. Uh, he thanked us for the for the shout-out um, for the last show, and he loved it, and he loved hearing the age of Ultron that you were saying That, that blew my week. mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was... Because we actually got the audience in the absence of... Which proves that it takes a room full of people to replace <laughs> Dave Longo. Yeah. Um, but we actually... I still can't get past the fact that now there are at least, like, 20 people for sure, that are, that are going to be like in the cinema <laughs> taking that when, when the title drops. Like. That's amazing. But he, he just mentioned that when, when, I, when I mentioned that we were doing Dazzler this week, uh, he said, I thought you were better than that, man. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Nothing is beneath us. <laughs> nope. Nothing's beneath us. But uh, you know what? If you do like um, uh, this week's pick, there's a record you should go out and buy right now. Dazzler is back. That's right, everyone's favorite roller skating darling of the disco scene has a new best of album that's going to have you reliving the 70s all over again. Featuring every single one of Dazzler's hits to get even into the top 200 in any country on earth, you'll find yourself skating back in time to the tune of such hits as Don't Make Light of My Heart, Flash and Passion, Skate for Your Love, Come Back to Me, Ralph Macchio, The Right Ways, The Light Way, Jubilee Got Nothing on This, So Many X-Men, So Little Time. The Jean Grey School Must Be Missing an Angel, Roller Skating in the Deep, and many more. Act now, because once this album goes on sale, it'll be gone in a flash. Dazzler's Greatest Hits, Too Little, Too Light, available wherever vinyl is sold. (laughs) 
That was actually an official Marvel thing they put out. It's a fake ad, obviously. I want to find that uh, album. It's, it's not a real album, David. <laughs> I want to find that album. It was album. one of those Marvel... Somebody make it real. <laughs> you know That's those Marvel great. AR app things yeah, they do? Yeah, like, yeah. you didn't go... That was one of those. <laughs> but Marvel AR, did you guys get that and then use it for about three weeks straight? And then yeah. never, never I use still it. have it on my phone. I never use it. I love it. But um, I gotta say, that's my favorite type of voiceover ever. We should do the, a whole show like that. Like that. Yeah. Don't you think, Richard, <laughs> that we should talk about comic books? <clears throat> you know, David, one of my favorite comic books <laughs> is Dazzler. The that's movie. right. <laughs> uh, there is a surprisingly large Behind amount of Dazzler commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we should so do that. <laughs> Remember the time we read that comic in the summer of 83? Well, That's David, right. now you can read that comic wherever you go using the new Behind the Panels app. There are places like Amazon, and you can even get it the on Am- Comixology. The Comixology, you say? <laughs> Tell me more, Dave. <laughs> Does he have a big car? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Actually, the one thing about that Dazzler, it reminds you that her original name wasn't just Dazzler. It was the Disco Dazzler. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes, so a yes. little bit of important history. They're almost as important as uh, the history of the crisis, mm. uh, the history of Green Arrow that I've written. Is the, the If I should do the history of Dazzler. It would be very short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know that this book that we're doing, we'll talk about this later, but this book that we're doing is a graphic novel, but it was in the middle of like a 30-something issue uh, series. I must confess, I was actually reading the Dazzler series when it was I think, coming out. I think what we should do is buy the rights for this and then just make film, Dazzler the movie. Get, get yeah. like $2,000 and make the lowest it's, grade, like shoot it on VHS tape, like the make it like lowest a grade, grade, grade at, movie At the ever. end of this episode, yeah. we're gonna, I'm going to play a song. It's someone who's gone out and it's a, a period accurate song and they've made a video which is basically the Dazzler story. <laughs> it's a music video done in 80s style and it is brilliant. Um, like it's, it's obviously shot now but um, it's really good and she's, she's like support, she's like promoting herself as Alison Blair oh, but God. she's dressed in an 80s style. This, this thing's got legs on it, man. I reckon a Dazzler movie could legitimately be awesome, particularly <laughs> well, if they did an 80s. Marvel, you've got your own production company now. We want Dazzler the movie. Particularly nah, if they it. said let's... it in the 80s. Though I actually heard... Kristen Wiig, guys. I, th- I can't remember who it was. Kristen Wiig. Uh, who's, who's the... Is it Simon Kinberg is writing the X-Men... Has been writing the X-Men yes. film show. He said, don't discount an appearance from her in Age of Apocalypse. Oh, of course, she's a mutant, so yeah. And it's set in the <laughs> 80s. So they could just go into a club. She turned up in heaps. She turned up in all the... Um, uh, she, she was like a major uh, character in the animated series when they did the Dark Phoenix saga. Dazzler was around a lot in the 80s. And when I was reading Marvel Comics, she was she was actually a big thing. And you know what? In the early 80s when she was coming out, she didn't feel like that much of a joke because it was the early 80s, you know? <laughs> it's really weird going back and yeah. reading it again now. Uh, we'll talk about this in the pick of the week, but yeah. how, how out of place it all feels now. <laughs> so. well, remember Pride of the X-Men, which is what that opening clip from, yeah. and if you've forgotten Pride of the X-Men, it's where this particular clip comes from. Oh, you doll? Want a piece of fruit? Uh, <laughs> um, that was, uh, out of all the characters they could have chosen for that, they had chose Kitty Pride, Colossus, um, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine and Dazzler. Mm. Like that of that's how big she was. Because like they'd already a, overused Jubilee a little bit. Who, well, no, this is this is predates uh, the animated series. Oh, it does uh, too. You're when, right. yes, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, this was eighty nine. I think the that was well it's ninety two because X Men ninety two mm. is. Can is I just point out in the eighties, I mean, we'll talk about this more in the big, but in the eighties, let's face it, I mean Dazzler makes Jubilee look powerful, mm. and that's kind of scary. Did they ever do like <laughs> a, a death of Dazzler or something? <laughs> no, she's still around. She's still around. Yeah. They should do the death of Dazzler, and it's like there's like a running. I think she's into. I think candle. she's into like grunge pop 
now, but you know. Oh, how, yeah. how cool would it be if when she dies, like all the light escapes from her body and it like goes and joins the sun? Oh. Well, you're just right in this right in this <laughs> So someone should be recording this. <laughs> Take this down, David. Uh, but you, know what else? you know what else has been dazzling? Books we've been reading this week. Where? Looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. Uh, that's not a way to talk to Dazzler. Mm. Um, but uh, just catching up, because we said it was coming out last week, I think mm. we should probably mention it, is How the Dark. <coughs> David, Loved you, it. Absolutely amazing book. Loved it. Loved everything about this oh, What book. a great cameo on the last page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that cameo seems to be, I think, Issue two is going to be yes, a sequel, basically, to um, the Guardians of the Galaxy film so and good. credit sequence. So they've, no, re- I, they've really captured the flavor the, of Howard. Well, the sense of humor is is bang on. Like, it's what a great character because they've got they've done away with Beverly. Yes, um, and they've introduced a new character, the tattoo artist. Yes, uh, I forget what her name is. God, now, I forgot that uh, too, Pulaski. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not Star Trek. <laughs> um, and she's actually a really good character yeah. too. So they've, they've really done well on this. I love the opening sequence with him in jail. I mean, it's just fantastic. And he effectually ends up in jail by the end of it somewhere else in space. Yes. So it's, it's, it, it's, the sense of humor is great. It's self-referential. It's hilarious. And I just want to quickly mention another book that I've been reading recently that has a really great sense of humor, which is Spider-Man and the X-Men. Uh, which I wrote off as a completely dumb idea. And it's actually, now that I'm back into all things Spider-Man, because of, we did Spider-Verse a couple yeah, of weeks course. ago, it's really good. Oh, really? It's really, really funny. Because the first three issues of Spider-Man running around with all the misfit mutants. You know, one of them is just a skeleton with, with blob on the outside of him. And, <laughs> and one of them's a shark girl and uh, who's constantly hitting on people. <laughs> it's, and it's Spider-Man kind of like fitting in with this group of, you know, misfits. Because, you know, who all think... How have they justified him teaching there when he's not a mutant? Though? He that comes up constantly throughout oh, the whole okay. series. He's like, you know, you're, you're, you're not a mutant. He goes, yeah, I know. But they still seem so to So my question is, do they, do they have... The statue of Wolverine <laughs> in the grounds of the X Men. <laughs> Someone's got it. Like Colossus has got it on a chain around his neck. <laughs> I think that's what they should do. Um, look, time travel at the moment seems to be the flavor of the month. There's a book we're going to talk about next week, which is another time travel book. But or the uh, flavor of last month. The flavor of ah, <laughs> or is it next month? <laughs> but they've got uh, because it's uh, purple is the flavor flavor of the future. Green is the, the flavor. Of the the path. No, look, the second issue of eight came out this week as well as the new Mark Millar and Sean Gordon Murphy uh, Chrononauts, both of which are excellent, both of which deserve your attention, both of which have a final issue that has someone with an arrow through their leg. But I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> I used to be a time traveller, then I took an arrow to the knee. Uh, no, but both are excellent. Like eight, we spoke about at length um, a couple of weeks, well, a month ago, I guess, when the first issue came out. That's Raphael Albuquerque's uh, new book, mm. a name that will come up again, mm-hmm. uh, this issue, when we talk about a particularly controversial cover uh, that was released this week um, or not released as the case may be uh, but Chrononauts is a really interesting one it's about these two pioneer uh, did you guys get a chance to read this I one? I did read yeah. Chrononauts yeah. Um, it's about these two pioneer uh, uh, <laughs> time travellers basically they're sort of being sent off uh, through time they've, they've created a satellite where you can view uh, different eras uh, and so they're like seeing live footage being beamed from the Civil War and they, they go back in time but it, it goes wrong uh, immediately so his his partner jumps through the portal after him but 
clearly, you know, they, they wind up in, in the wrong place and, and things what go wrong. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of those kind I of think stories. My, my favourite panel in this book, though, has to be when he's describing <clears throat> the new time suits that they're wearing. And he says, that my early um, <laughs> prototypes were clunky. And over on the side, there's the H.G. Wells time machine yes. and the DeLorean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. It's so self-referential. And there's this really sly sense of humour going throughout it. Um, it. It's clearly a book that, that Mark Millar clearly knows his time travel stuff. Mm. Um, and and Murphy kind of fits this world really well because even though he uses his similar kind of Mangares archetypes that you've seen in there. Like, you know, it's a lot clearer this time though. Yeah, it, it's, it's that the kind characters, of... The characters are clearly different. One of my comments about The Wake was the fact that the characters... Um, he clearly paid attention. <laughs> yeah, of course. They always, they always <laughs> listen to me. But the char- I had trouble with differentiating some of the characters where in this time round... It actually, I, I really thought everybody was, it was a really clean art style. Um, yeah. Without it, losing it, his quality. It is, it, you're right, it is. And it's, it's, it's he's not working. It, it's funny because I think with, with The Wake, there was this kind of transition between his black and white art mm, and color mm. art. Here, it's very cleanly designed for a color style. And a very particular and I actually still style. like the art in so, the lake. I mean, we talked about it at the time. Mm. I did like it. I just had some of the trouble with differentiing some of the characters. As did I, actually. Yeah, whereas and in this, this time around. And it helps that his characters are all so unique. But he's still one of the most interesting rock star I artists working today. Art. And I love what he's doing. Uh, I, this is a book that I'm hooked on immediately. I, look, I love anything time travel. So mm. I'm glad that the sci-fi renaissance has kind of segued into a time travel renaissance at the moment. Because I I freaking love all mm. of it. Um the, look, I won't go into every book that came out this week. I know there's not. Let's, let's quickly talk about. Well, it's not quickly. We can talk about it as long as we like. It's our show. Um, Absolutely. Red One uh, is a book <coughs> that came love. out. It's just, look, this is the Dodsons on art. And my God, this book is a beautiful book. Uh, just to look, it's just visual. It's also a really funny book. It's though. funny as hell. It's set in the seventies, uh, which seems to be the other go-to place. Well, it's at actually the set in nineteen seventy. If you want to get real, it's right. Is it seventy-seven? Oh no, seventy-six. Star Wars was out. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, seventy-seven. This is just one scene where they're going. There is movie coming out. Everyone will be at. It's it's called Star Wars. I do not think it will be successful. Film. Well, he says we'll meet there because there'll be no one there. There, yeah. <laughs> And um, so that's, you know, which, which probably was the prediction in 1977. Yeah. Uh, so the basic story is uh, the Russians send this really attractive woman to America to be a superhero. Uh, to, to win the hearts and, to win the hearts of and minds of America because there's already a superhero that they've got and they want to have their own superhero that wins the, you know, by subterfuge, wins the hearts and minds well, of America. And they also want to take out this other superhero, yeah. but they can't just kill him because then he becomes a martyr. So the idea yeah. is to create one that is actually... Even more beloved. Even yeah. more beloved. It yeah. sounds a lot like The Boys, you know, in, <clears throat> oh, yeah. in an odd way. Yeah. It's a big Garth Ennis then, not, yeah. Not the same, like... I don't know. I'm it's, dying to read this. It it's takes got, itself like, very, yeah. very, it's very tongue in cheek. That's just kind yeah. of. Um, it's not as tongue in cheek as a Garth Ennis book. No. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, particularly the boys. But yeah, the, the <laughs> there's literally tongues in cheeks in that book. <laughs> yeah, we but, should do the boys later this year. I think. We should. Yeah, yeah. 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 But the boys. The, the book. But the. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've, done the <laughs> we've done the boys too many times. I think. But the uh, <laughs> but, but the art the art in Red One is gorgeous, oh. and that last panel when she goes, "It's not my size," he goes, "It works for me." Look, it 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 is. It is, but it's also poking fun at the whole um, the, the the female superhero yeah, yeah. costumes of the late seventies as well. So it's a zip-up jumpsuit, you know? yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's it's it, it is a hilariously wonderful tribute to superhero books that's kind of filtered through that kind of red sun without the the seriousness of it. So I, I really I really love that book. I think that's definitely one worth checking out. The I don't know if you got a chance to read the fly. I did. I read the, the fly. fly. Outbreak. 
Because like, what we needed was a sequel to The Fly 2 because, you know. I know. <laughs> it's like the whole – the art style is really interesting. It almost just looks, I like the art. The art style looks like it's photographed but like almost painted over. In, and the, in, the representation of, of Eric Stoltz. And yeah. I mean, it, it, it all looks – but as I say, do we really need – it is following on after the events of The Fly 2. <laughs> he spends most of the issue worrying that his uh, <laughs> semen will, will infect his girlfriend, his girlfriend yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, With a baby? And he's, and he's trying <laughs> – and the entire plot See, of – when a man and a woman really love each other. <laughs> is that how it happens? <laughs> the entire plot of the book is, of course, he's trying to we'll cure uh, Bartok of being yes. the monster that he Which made she doesn't do in any way, shape, or form. Do. Um, but it's a, yeah, look, it's an interesting book. It's, it's, I don't mean this to sound as, as disparaging as it is, but it is an IDW licensee. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, that sounded exactly as disparaging as And maybe you. I did mean it that way. But, I mean, that's what it is. It is, it is not high art, you know? It's... <laughs> It, it it is it is very much well. That's the thing. It's 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 a money maker. It really is designed to. When IDW to... does their stuff right and mm. they do yeah. things like lock and key, it is brilliant. Yeah. But they are so tied up in the license. And that's market. that's true though of anybody who does licenses, and this is not exclusive. But nobody to does IDW. as many as IDW. Uh, short of dynamite, you know. Yeah. It, 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 it's true, but I think any licensed book, it's it's very difficult to get the balance right. We've seen uh, Marvel getting it very right with Star Wars yes. at the moment. Um, and. Princess Leia 2 was a much better book. Oh, than I love the second one. issue of Princess Leia, yeah. which also came out this week. I uh, really, really love that. So, yeah, so I kind of did put that, that hat on that you were talking about last uh, uh, month. Oh, yeah. I haven't had a chance to read Princess Leia 2. Yeah, look, it, it, it is a very different book. It's interesting because it's only four issues, mm. Um, mm. my understanding. So the, the, it cracks and longer Star to pace. Star Wars 3 came out last week, didn't it? That we didn't get a chance to talk about. That. No, but that was also a really good issue. That was also issue. really good. Really, really so. good issue. And that's uh, it's actually just, just looking at John Cassidy's art, what we're going to talk about later is the fact that there's a new artist coming on from I'm worried about that. No, that's but Stuart it's, it's, it's Stuart Eminem, yeah, who so, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's something we can talk about in a discussion point at some point. I but John Cassidy, John Cassidy, John Cassidy is like a rock star. Yeah, like, he, I can't yeah, keep him on exactly. forever. He's got a history you know? of this kind of stuff. <clears throat> he's only he's only been on. It'll be eight issues. I think that's enough to establish. No book. There's very few books these days that have the same artist and writer for very long runs. I know, and it's a know. shame. It is a shame, but the, the, the thing is artists, you know, have so many opportunities and the whole rise of the creator-owned movement means that, you know, a really great artist get, gets the opportunity, writer and artist get the opportunity to, to headline mm. a franchise like Star Wars. They can do pretty much anything they want to after this, after doing, you know, the most successful book of the year, full stop. Now, you know, the, the chance for them to go off and maybe do a creator-owned mm. project it's it's too tempting. I mean, you know, if if we we could sell out and and do a major thing, but then we'd still our hearts would still be in the little projects that we. Can't I don't, I don't, I'm willing to sell standing out, on street street corners. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage like John Cassidy's art because I love John Cassidy, yeah. particularly like his planetary <clears throat> stuff. Is like yes. astonishing work. But like um, the Jason Aaron's writing of that book, it, as far as I'm concerned, it could be with stick figures and it would still be. Well, it's, like a, very, it's a very the good voice is, read. The voice yeah. is just bang on. Like he gets Star Wars. He Absolutely. understands Star Wars yeah. fundamentally. Yeah, The not, amazing art is just an added extra awesomeness. Yeah. yeah. So that was last week. That was another catch-up one that we had to do. A really, really baffling book this week is Strange Sports Stories, which is a vertigo. I didn't get a chance to find this. I had a lot of trouble it's, finding this. It's, I, I mean, I got it because I get stuff off the... Um, uh, the DC app for my Newsarama right. gig, and it it is it's it, look it's got some really really great people in it. Like Brian Azzarello's got a piece in there, Paul Pope. Uh, there's a really interesting piece by Gilbert Hernandez, which did my head in. Um, and uh, it said Derek Robinson. I don't remember that, but I'll have to go back and have a look. But it's a collection of mostly alien based 
stories involving sports some way. Hmm. And there's one that's basically an alien version of dodgeball where people just like the, the ball, they go, this doesn't look so dangerous. And the ball just like pops open all these blades and explosions, <laughs> explosives and stuff. <laughs> but then, then that, even that just has a twist on its head and becomes a prison break story. So it's, it's really like one off. It kind of feels a little bit like, you know, your eerie or your creepy anthologies or something like that. Uh, tales from the, you know, space or something. But sports related. But sports related. So it, it, it very much is 70s, uh, even even earlier, 50s to 70s throwback kind of stuff. I will have to, like a I pre-code kind of. find a copy of it, I'll throwback. read it because I do like Brian Azzarello. Yeah, lot, so. so it's worth reading it for, for that kind of level. Just um, want to talk about a couple of books that from, from the big for the big two that came out. Uh, Silk, number two, An Amazing Spider-Man 16.1 came out. Uh, I read them both because now I'm after Spider Verse. I think I said this before. I'm addicted to all things spidery. Mm-hmm. I right love now. Silk when I just had a chance to catch up with Silk. It's great. Yet. It's really good. Like maintains the quality of the first one. It is probably going to be one of my favorite main mainstream debuts this year. I mean, we're only in m- March now. Where do you rate it next to say Spider Gwen? I I prefer it to Spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. I don't quite like everything that Spider Gwen's doing. I like I love oh, the Spider Gwen cal- character. It's it's a little bit too. Spider Gwen is very much aimed at the same audience that Batgirl's aimed at. It's doing it much better. Mm-hmm. But then Silk is aimed at that same audience, and it doesn't doesn't feel like it's pandering by by going. Put, Let's put, text every five minutes. I put Silk's <laughs> um, book up there because that's you. what kids do, isn't it? They text. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's right. Board boardroom. I put, so. yeah. <laughs> I, I, put, I, put the, I put the Silk. They book use up MySpace. There. Yeah, <laughs> and Friendster. <laughs> I put um, I put Silk up there with the with the. Um, Latest Spider Woman book. I mean, they're they're both really solid books. And then you saw the new Spider One's coming out next week, I think. Whereas Spider Gwen, um, I still think it's a bit of a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I Spider Gwen is a gimmick. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. It's she, a good book. I, 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 I like. It. She's the most popular. Yeah. There. Actually, that, I haven't that, read anything. I'm too busy reading uh, Blackest Night. Well, which I've been, is just taking a million years. I'll talk I love a, it, but it's it's. Well, I'm like, I'm sort of in a similar boat, Dave, because next week we'll talk about it a little bit more, which. Behind the scenes, we're actually recording immediately after this one. Um, <laughs> we uh, next week. Well, they'll find out when it's the one we're recording episode. next week. Sorry, the one we're recording next, next week. week without yeah. news for yeah. some reason. <laughs> while, while you're in America, <laughs> while I'm in America <laughs> at a comic con, <laughs> yeah. But the the um, the thing that, that that's really been interesting at the moment is the rise of female-led comics, mm. and is this new audience that's actually reaching? Because it is actually reaching the people they're intending it to reach, which is new female readers. So much so that Marvel is starting to release a new I think it's I don't know if it's monthly or quarterly I can't know how much it's a new anthology of all their female-led books so it'll actually be the first chapter or the first couple of chapters of each of these new headline female books including the female Thor and Silk and Spider-Gwen and all that stuff which I think is a brilliant idea because yeah. if you want to attract new readers you don't attract them with single issues you attract them with new anthologies mm. and I think that's brilliant I think that's the fact that there are enough of these to fill an anthology is a real testament to what Marvel's trying to do at the moment yeah. and I think Silk um, and and even let's talk about this Batgirl issue Batgirl Endgame issue I actually same uh, writers same writers and uh, and there's, there was a Batgirl issue 40 that came out this week as well and chalk and cheese these two books look I, you know my feelings <coughs> on the new Batgirl and I'm all out on the new Batgirl at the moment but I did read Endgame because I was curious to see how they would actually roll that into the whole Endgame storyline and I freaking love this it's book it's an amazing book there's 
No dialogue. No dialogue yeah. or a line here or there, but I don't remember any li- I don't remember No, any I think the one at the very end she just says eep or something, right, you know. So and no dialogue. It. It's all told it's in all, pictures. It's all done in pictures and all the stuff is like, you know, emoticons coming up or something yeah. like that. So when, when she sees something bad coming, a little emoticon comes up next to her and it's like the little poo emoticon mm. that you see on the And there's no point where she's so trying to talk like, to a girl on the bus where she's trying yeah. to save and she's giving her hand signals and there's like little symbols yeah, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. hand signals. And and like she's that. like going, smile, smile, yeah. smile. <laughs> um, but this was a really good book. Yeah. You know, it's like, it was just, I was very surprised. And all I could think was, if you're capable of this, fix the other book. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's actually funny because the issue 40 that came out this week uh, and uh, it's the last book we'll talk about before we go on to talk about... Oh, no, the, there's one more. We have. Oh, yeah, I want oh. to talk about one if that's okay. Okay, no, yeah. no, no, it's not okay, Dave. Actually, there's a couple more I want to talk about. The um, Batgirl uh, issue 40, They've uh, this was hinted at last issue, they've got the consciousness of an older Barbara Gordon who was still very angry because she was in a wheelchair um, is still alive in a computer because she created this algorithm and it became sentient. And she's actually pointing to the new Batgirl saying, you're not fit to wear my costume. Good you're on too her. frivolous <laughs> and stuff like this. But they're actually saying, they actually come to a compromise and she says, no, no, this is who I am now. And I think it was great. I think it was a great way for them to assert, look, readers, you've had that Batgirl. This is our new take on it. Like it or hate it, this is who we are now. And and I like that as a response rather than sort of just changing, modifying this new one to make it something that they didn't want to do in the first place. So like it or hate this, this book's got integrity in terms yeah. of, you Thanks know. For not however, yeah. however, we, we've <laughs> seen this trick before though. And this trick, and this is what leads me to believe that, yeah, okay, they're saying get used to it, get used to it. This is it until we change it again. Oh, well, look, we've because got. Because we, yeah. we saw this exact same thing with Superior Spider-Man. Well, David, next month is Convergence. Well, exactly. So <laughs> Superior <laughs> Spider-Man had yeah. Peter Parker's consciousness in his head mm. as that transition point. It was like, no, I'm the only Spider-Man. And then he basically Yeah, but, all, it, but also, um, so, I mean, this, he, this, was, this was done very differently. And Dan Slott said, we're never going back. This yeah. is the way it is from now on. So they've given themselves an escape hatch, but then never Convergence ever. is also an escape hatch as well. I, I think from what I understand, the book's just carrying on post-Convergence, mm, mm. but who knows. I want to really, really, really quickly mention before you talk about these other books you were mentioning, Superman number 39. This is the latest Jeff Johns, mm, John oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Romita book. This is the beginning of the new arc. It's the beginning of the new arc. He's got his new superpower at the end of the last yeah. one. And because he's used this new superpower, which is effectively he can go supernova, but he drains his batteries basically, and so he's human for a day. And so it's oh, him walking around with Jimmy Olsen, and he's at the end of the last issue. He told Jimmy Olsen, "I'm Superman," and Jimmy doesn't believe him at first. And he says, "All oh, right, yeah," and you've got no powers, you know. And but then throughout the day, he slowly gets his powers back. But it's it's such a beautiful book, and there's this one scene in it. And and, and sorry, this is a slight spoiler, but I, I, it's hard to talk about this book without mentioning this scene. Where in full, there's a, a robbery happening. There's a there's a gun, um, uh, a, a, a heist at gunpoint, and he and he's got a hostage, and Superman just walks up in full costume without any powers, and just walks up to him, and goes, "You know your bullets are no good in me. Now you could waste all your bullets. You could you could start firing at me, and you're just going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt him. You'll get less jail time if you don't fire that gun. So why don't you put the gun down, give yourself over, and and go back? And he does. And Jimmy's like. You, but well, you, you could have been shot, you know. You, you, you know, you know, you're not bulletproof anymore. And he goes, Jimmy, if you think I only stand in front of people because I'm bulletproof, then you don't know me. Mm, and it's like fantastic. that was a beautiful yeah. Superman moment, mm. you know. And it was just, just like Jeff Johns, you get Superman, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just That's kind awesome. of yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just a whole issue of that. It ends with the two of them sitting on a rooftop just talking and him eating a sandwich going, I can actually taste everything again because he said, you know, today was the first day I didn't taste every molecule. 
in mm. this thing, you mm. know, and he goes, I can, he goes, I kind of liked it eating hot dogs better that way. <laughs> how, many, how many times does he get to fly into space, go supernova just so that he can be human for a day? Yeah, now, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> you go, go supernova and then go, Lois. <laughs> and on the seventh day, he rested. <laughs> <laughs> um, the book I want to talk about very quickly is if you are a card collector, go read Shaper. This is, a, oh, yeah. this is a book that actually starts as a collectible card game. Oh, wow. <laughs> so basically, if you read Shaper, they're playing the game, and he's going, yeah, you, you start the game with this and that and the next thing. But then we cut to the world, and that world is based on those gar- based on those cards. Uh-huh. And so he's, and then it's all about he's at this academy, and there are really these people out there. And Shapers, or shapeshifters, are basically mythical at this point. Um, but uh, as the turns out they're, they may not be as mythical as you think they are it's not a bad first issue have a look at is this. it a card game in real life though no because no, that would no, be no. the ultimate meta yeah. twist to that I, yeah. I, I wonder how out, long you could cut out a card each issue how long till they release it as <laughs> yeah. a card game though, right. that's the question but uh, it uh, it's a, it's actually not a bad book Dark Horse actually did alright with this one and it's got an interesting twist at the end um, so it does have it does have legs to go on so. I put it on my list it was one of the ones I didn't read this yeah, week no, it's yeah. well worth having a look at Dave, you were saying there's a book you uh, wanted to mention. I just want to talk about Future's End really quickly. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's winding down. I don't know if you guys are still following. I haven't read it. I've read up until everything except this week's issue. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say it's it's freaking awesome. It is amazing. I really like it so much. Are you reading um, Earth 2, World's End? Uh, I'm a bit behind on World's End, and I'm little. I'm maybe two issues behind on Earth 2 itself. Right. I'm trying to keep up to date so that when Convergence comes around, I'm not. The, I, left a, I left a few of these because yeah. I got a plane uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to catch yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, so yes. I thought, oh, I'll read a couple I just on love, the I think it's just an amazing DC Universe story. I really do. It's like utilize all the characters, except Wonder Woman, oddly, is just completely absent from yeah, all of it. True, I, don't actually. Know, I don't know why. Maybe I missed something. But everything is just awesome. The way they handle Superman coming back, the way they handle even Brainiac. Bearded Superman. Yeah, bearded Superman. This whole thing where they, they raise the city into the sky and like that Superman has to bring it back down and everything with Brother Eye and the, the half Batman, half Joker robot. That's, oh, that it's was like, amazing. Everything yeah. is just an awesome, awesome, really well thought out. And well, Constantine so far, has become a great character you know, in that, yeah. more so than his own book. And Absolutely. And Frankenstein as well. Yes. Like, yeah, it's so like Even weird. Amethyst is a great yeah. character in this. It is you know? so <laughs> weird hearing you guys say this and how much we didn't like Futures End when it first started. Yeah. And yeah. all the tie-ins and all that stuff. And it's like it's turned around and become this Well, that Futures well, End think, month was... I don't was know if I was there for that conversation of, then because like, um, I didn't read Futures End really from the beginning. I think I read the first couple. I, I showed it and on. Then I, and then I left it aside for This is actually funny because yeah. one of the questions we're going to be dealing with later in the show was a bit of uh, listener feedback which was what does it take for you guys to stop reading a title mm. and I think this might be a good conversation to have then we'll stick a pin in that one because we've got a couple of uh, things that we've been uh, watching on the old television box as well I've been watching you you can always tell when I don't have my soundboard open uh, it takes <laughs> me a couple of extra Extra seconds to finish the <laughs> sentence. <laughs> oh, I've just ruined the magic. Okay, the couple of look. I'll start off with. Let's talk about. We'll get back to the Flash later. Say so next week. <laughs> do, do the non CW uh, show. First. The non CW <laughs> show first. Uh, which one was that? Agents of Shield. Um, we're deepening into Inhumans territory now. Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's so, pretty much all we can say. say that yeah. Without, without really. I mean, the way they're handling Sky at the moment is terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's basically on the run. Yeah, you know? um, and I love the fact Sky that- <laughs> on the run. I actually really love. <laughs> I love the fact. I was kind of thinking the same. 
I love the fact that Fitz and Simmons have basically- Sorry, oh, you could have gone with Sky on the run. <laughs> and the tailor said, threatened everyone. Finished? Because Kyle <laughs> Sky, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was Jet by Wings, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to go into Mulkintyre. <laughs> Ian, you watch my zombie? <laughs> no, okay, look, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., excellent series. If you haven't caught up with it yet, uh, it's amazing. The Walking Dead this week was freaking amazing. Um, all I'm going to say, I, this is a spoiler, but it's also a great joke, joke so I don't know whether to say it or not. Should I go for the joke or the spoiler, David? I would go for the joke myself. Okay, it's Walking Dead, really bad place to be black. <laughs> <laughs> Because okay. another one bad to the dust. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's uh, the dark meat. But the, the way like, a major character dies, but the way it happened, because basically you have another character who's trapped behind glass on the other side and can only watch. Can I ask a question and about it's the just horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm so behind. I don't know what's going on. Does Rick still have his hand? Yes. Oh, but he doesn't have his beard. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Dave, look, I, Dave, yeah. they didn't do his hand off when they were, <laughs> when they were supposed to. He's never losing his hand. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like, it's the spin off series. Thing to do, like. Rick's hand. <laughs> but the spin off series is no one has hands. No, no one has feet. It'll be the crawling. <laughs> What about what about what about Carl? I might start does, watching it again. Does, does um curl? Does he Carol. have a, Does he have an eye patch? No. Oh no. This is like no no no. Why do you think I stopped watching this show? Yeah, because yeah, it's not exactly like the comics. Absolutely. The way that yeah. the Avengers and Batman are exactly like the comics. <laughs> I'll tell you this, Richard, Dave. When when they have an eye patch and Rick doesn't have a hand, I'll watch the show. <laughs> when Dick Grayson has a mullet, that's the only time I'm going to start watching the. I'm Batman still waiting movies. for them to re- to re- to put an A list actor into it though. Yeah, like to appear. You know, like, do you know the problem I have with Walking Dead is I just actually- Sean Connery. You can't get Sean Connery. You can't get him to return for anything. Nothing. It seems like you've got a problem with the walkers. Like, I'm not doing Skyfall. I'm not cameoing in that. I'm not going to cameo in Indiana Jones. Junior, your name's Carl, not Carol. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Another farmer. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost my daughter. Herschel too. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be called Herschel too. He's a Jesuit. <laughs> He's going around the apocalypse trying to convert people. <laughs> Zombie Herschel. It's like the mission. Zombie Herschel's head. It's the Walking Dead meets the mission. <laughs> The other show that came out, speaking of zombies, uh, the other show that came out this week was iZombie, uh, also coming soon from Apple. Uh, this is a book that <laughs> the, the top line iZombie is $24,000 <laughs> and it comes in rose gold and, and, uh, and has a, a leather band. Yeah, no, it, it's, this is based on the Michael Allred comic. Uh, the, uh, was it, who, who was it? It was Chris Robeson. I can't remember the, uh, God, I've Robeson got sounds right. Yeah. Uh, did the original comic, which is a Vertigo comic originally. I actually collected these in singles and uh, I How really enjoyed it. it? Do you know? I think it ended, but 
it was around the 20 something, 30 something mark, right, I think. Okay. It, it didn't go forever, but um, right, like so it's not enough going. for tw- <clears throat> 20 seasons at least. Enough for 20 <laughs> seasons. Well, they're taking a very different tone. This is It's, it's more Veronica Marti in tone because it's got the Rob Thomas and, mm. and those folks are, are behind the TV series. And I love this show. Like it is, it is at, right out the gate, it's that combination of. Nothing, who, who was it? I think it was, might, might have been Matt White talking to me on Twitter about this, saying that, that he, Snake Oz, for those of you looking for him on Twitter, um, was saying that it's that right combination of pilot while actually progressing the story really quickly as well. And a great deal of humor. This oh, is so a, much humor. I just love the fact that, you know, slight spoilers, the opening scene of the show, though, where she goes, I went to the party, and of course there was the, you know, spontaneous <clears throat> outbreak of zombies, and then they're all gone. Yeah. It's like it never happened. <laughs> I love, like, the, how she cooked her food. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's with the hot sauce? Is that a zombie <laughs> thing? <laughs> and, I, and I love his reaction, because, like, her, her, her fellow morgue attendant just kind of finds out she's a zombie. Has mm-hmm. suspected it for a while, we find out at the start of the oh, show. Oh, she goes, are you going to turn me in? Turn you in? I want to study you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just cool. He's down with it. And just, but there's like, how many people? Was he Dev Patel or what though? I mean, yeah. he felt like Dev yeah, Patel yeah, yeah, all yeah. the way through it. How many? Like, but like half the town knows she's a zombie by the end of the first episode. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, it's great. Like the way they do all that as well. Like her yeah. kind of arc in the first show from being because it's kind of almost amusing on depression as well. It's like mm. trying to get herself out of this. This rut and well, all. The show yeah. starts with an intervention. <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly it's the, so the Veronica Mars formula. Exactly, you get one one amazing actor that can really act really well, mm. and she's the lead. And then you just hire a cast of male models yeah. and, and, and who can't the, act. No, and, that, you, and then you give them like the hardest, hardest, driest, wittiest dialogue to perform. That's the CW for it. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, like, my problem with like Veronica Mars was always like, depending on my mood, sometimes I would hate when they talk. And then sometimes I'd really like it. See, as a fan, I, I, was, I was actually a huge fan of Veronica Mars. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed this as well. Um, I, I got to re- say just quickly that I, th- I love Rob Thomas for Party Down. Yeah. And Party, oh, see, Down, I never saw Party, Party Down. Down, I've watched about four times in total. N- now, and it's, it's a classic. Now, David, if you, you're watching Once Upon a Time at the moment, aren't you? I am. Now, if you know the lead, Rose McIver, yes. in this, you will know that she plays Tinkerbell. In, I haven't had Tinkerbell. Oh, yet. you haven't had to Tinkerbell yet. Well, yeah. she's oh. Tinkerbell in Once Upon a Time. It's a once connection. Hey. She was also. She's also been in Masters of Sex, and she's been in Play It Again, Dick, uh, which is a TV series. <laughs> I as think well. the fact that you mentioned Masters of Sex and Play It <laughs> Again, Dick, hey, in the same sentence is great. I'm, I'm just calling it as I am DB. Oh, she was in The Lovely Bones. Well, there you go. The Neverland stuff in Once Upon a Time is coming up next season. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> so I mean, like, she's amazing. She's she's and she transforms so much, literally and figuratively, in the first episode. She is, as you said, a wonderful lead, mm. and I think that's the main reason I'll be watching it because I'm yeah. captivated by her. She's just yeah. so funny, and the you know? and the Mike Allred and so charming. Yeah, all the yeah. yeah, all the transitions in the show. They used Michael Ridd's art, which yeah. is, and I don't know if he did original art for the series or they've just used. They must have because it's sometimes literally over the top of the scene, and it looks like her though as well. So it's like it's yeah, it's her Mike Allredified her. So yeah, it's it's really clever. Look, I really enjoyed this. I I watched it last night, and I'm 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 in for watching the rest of this series. I really enjoyed it. Um, the other show though that was also new. I just yes. want to say quickly on the Eye Zombie. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. That I don't think I'll continue through, even though I really really liked. It. Just, Why is just that? because I got so much other things to watch, I don't think it's a priority for me. 
fair enough. enough. No, that's fair. Yeah. 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 We won't judge you too harshly for no. it. No. But I'll yeah. sit here and I'll see what you guys think. I tell you what, I tell you what I wouldn't blame you for not going on to watch though is Powers, which is the other mm. show that came out. Mm. Now Powers Tell me about I'm it. going to confess and say that I've had to kind of grey area see this because it hasn't come out on PlayStation here yet, which is ridiculous. I've only watched the first episode, which is the one that's on yeah. YouTube. And we've had this discussion on last week's show mm. about the digital distribution. And we should say a couple of people wrote to us to say, oh, you can get it through these sources. No, we were looking for legal sources. Legal sources. <laughs> so. And even getting it on YouTube using a VPN is a grey area. And, and should we say that – actually, that's not. That's been categorically said to be legal. Um, I'll wait, wait until these new laws news law, And that's the thing. Uh, we spoke – go and listen to the first episode of Geek Actually, mm. the new Geek Actually and podcast. And this week's episode, actually. And this week it. where we talk about the fact that – well, you guys talk about the fact that um, – That was a Freudian penis. It was a Freudian oh, I mean, <laughs> slip. Sorry, yeah. I just think of, I just think of all shows as us. <laughs> um, but it's, it's – yeah, and, and we've had this conversation many times yeah. on, um, on Street Corners. Uh, about the fact that you know Australia's laws are changing as of April and they're becoming very draconian in terms of mm. and so this is something that's a legitimate concern for us now as well mm. because it's at the ISP level it's infinitely more monitorable than than yes. uh, than the, the bigger big brother laws in in the states so we are genuinely concerned about getting things legally and mm. hopefully that will encourage content providers to make better decisions about providing content here I'm very lucky you and I David are very lucky because with through Foxtel we get things like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and The Flash now yes, it's um, yeah. and, and all those sorts of things day and date with the US. Um, and in fact, but there's so I think, much we don't though as well. Yeah. And now we're going to have Netflix as well, which is going to help a little bit. We've also got yes. two other streaming services of launch, but Stan, there was Stan, actually, he's there was, our man. Stan, <laughs> what's the other no one? Can. Presto. 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 <laughs> so, Presto and Stan Presto. and Netflix are all of our streaming services now, plus plus mm. Foxtel also has a streaming service, plus QuickFlix, which has been around for years. And, and ABC um, does a the question And BitTorrent. <laughs> the question. Yeah, that's a real. That's got everything. That service. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Crazy. The question yeah. that free. Come, it's free. It's all. It's all. It's all free. Yeah. The question that has come up a few times though, which is Australia's population is not vast enough no. to support four streaming services. No. So the question is, which farmers, one is going to win? Uh, they'll, <laughs> they'll be, yeah, they need Netflix out there. Yeah, absolutely they do. It's, where else are we going to get our streaming potatoes? Where are they going to stream Big Bang Theory? Like- <laughs> this, this is why we need uh, Daylight Savings. I understand it. That's, yeah. that's my... So. We have one more show to talk about. Oh, wait, Powers. We yeah. have, we've got to finish talking about yeah. Powers. We'll brief, briefly mention Arrow, and then we have to talk about this week's The Flash. Yes, because, we do. So, and we very, will actually talk about this. <laughs> very well, very, very quickly, all I'll say about Powers, and I think you agree with me, so I think we'll just throw this down really fast, which is tonally the show is completely off from the mm. comic book, which is really interesting considering that Bendis and Omeg are producers on yeah. the show and the show creators. So it's really odd that they've gone in this direction. They should have got DeAnt word to play. <laughs> 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 they have they've gone off on a strange storyline. <laughs> you know what? The the Who Killed Retro Girl storyline would have been a perfect storyline for the first yeah. season, and for some reason they've just decided to do away with it at this oh, point. Really? So who knows what they're doing with that? They've added a new storyline with Hidden getting his powers stolen, which I don't know why they've done that. Because Retro Girl's like this enigmatic figure in their series. Yeah, at, at the moment, moment. So, Michelle yeah. Forbes is playing. Yeah. So and oh, the question at this from point from Star Trek from Star Trek, yeah. yeah. Um, She's the Bajoran, right? Yes, that's Ensign right. Ensign Rose. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but at this <laughs> point, I'm really not overly impressed with Powers. Oh, look, uh, me too. And and I, I was never the huge fan of the comic that you were. I love mm. I love the comic, but you know I know you've you've gone on and read I everything love powers. powers. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're the, I defer to you here. And mm. but I agree with you. There was something tonally off about it. It, and doesn't, we, have, it doesn't have any humor. 
Yeah, we we did None. the with the first couple of arcs. I think Retro Girl on the next one, and the back in like episode eight or something yeah, of this yeah. show, like a hundred years ago, we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, literally, it was about almost one hundred and thirty episodes ago. That's frightening to think That's of it that way. That's a long time ago. Uh, and and yeah, so I was a bit disappointed with this show, and maybe it was the format I was watching it in as well. But uh, yeah, I, so it wasn't quite the time I, for me. I read the first arc. I read Who Killed Retro Girl. Mm. And like that's a show, like yeah, right that's there. Right there. It's a show, yeah. You know, like you know, you could, those eight issues would have it made a, me of, um, that out to a This season. reminds me of like the Evil Dead remake, where it's just like, oh, Bruce Campbell's involved, Sam Raimi's producing it too, and it's like, well, why is it so different? Yeah. Why? Why had they changed totally everything that worked it about it? Completely yeah. off. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I'll watch a couple more episodes and see what's going on. I want it to come out legally here so I can actually just watch it on my yeah. PlayStation, but for some reason they're not going Oh, maybe that. we'll get it a little later. Who knows? And the thing is, I don't mind waiting now. Like yeah. if I know, I, I, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. No, I was no, really like eager to see it. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm not. Now no, I'll, no. I'll binge yeah. watch it at well, some I've stage. Watch this. Know? Next week it'll be like exclusive Game of Thrones season five trailer during yeah, Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll have some sort of like. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Arrow this week. Arrow this week. I'm in two minds about. Like I it felt was, like it was a filler episode. Yeah, very much so, actually, because it was him wandering around, basically with Lionel Richie's "Hello" playing in the background, <laughs> yeah. trying to make a decision. And it was all know? about <laughs> it was all about getting to the conclusion, which spoilers is all about, kind of everybody becoming friends again. Yeah, which yeah, is kind yeah. of what it was all about. I like I like the direction this is heralding that the city's going to turn against him, mm. that he's going to have no friends, that he'll be this outlaw. Which I kind of like. I like if if that becomes the basis for the next season. That's kind of cool. Like you know, uh, Arrow having to operate sort of you know completely in the shadows the, in the shadows again because this whole season he's had the support of it. He's literally stood up as yeah. the hero in front of the whole city, and everyone's going like, this, "This dude's quite good." I don't. Let's forget the fact that he used to kill people. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he's it's like it's him becoming the hero. So now he's that becoming the dog outlaw has again. a puffy tail. <laughs> 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 that would be the episode title. <laughs> Season four, episode one, that dog has a puppy tail. <laughs> uh, but, but of course, it's sister show or brother show, um, The Flash. Uh, and oh my God. Oh, Dave, David, play the clip. Hooly dooly. That's the one. <laughs> they, they are making, like we're doing the Flash Rebirth next week, um, which is basically a, a core, takes all the core elements of The Flash and puts them into one mm. miniseries. And they did it all in one episode. Um, the only problem I have with the episode as much as it was one of the greatest things in television I've ever seen was that the ending of it how do I say this without spoiling it um there, there, there is room for them to undo a lot of the decisions that were made in this of episode. Of course, but so. you know what? What we introduced in that episode, though, was so exciting, I don't care. Yeah. Because what we basically introduced is the idea that he can run so fast that things happen. Yeah. And, and it, the, this is, the, the, all their promos at the moment are, like, plugging that. Yeah, so, yeah and it, so. is, it is staggering. It, it touched on a whole bunch of stuff. So like, it's actually, well, I don't know if we can, because they introduced that concept a couple of weeks ago. That that he would do that he yeah. would do this at some stage in the future. Yeah. He has done it now. Yeah. So, and also a a major villain is named, identified, and given to us on a platter. And exactly what we wanted. And it was like, oh, they just did it. <laughs> they just went ahead and did it. Wow. Just like just like that. Just in a line of dialogue. Like, was yeah. it was it Captain Cold? Yep. Okay. It's absolutely <laughs> Captain Cold's already been identified. Right, yeah. That's the thing. They really? just they've like ticked in all off. seriousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've wow. ticked off really? every major villain we've almost. Had, we've had the Weather Wizard, we've had Captain Cold, we've and sister wow. one of the characters. Uh, what's the, the 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 flame one called uh, again? Inferno? No. Inferno. Gorilla Gorilla Grod. Gorilla Grod's been introduced, but Jeez. um but not like in the shadows. Like he, he exists in this world already. Not God. 
Grod. <laughs> so, yeah, you've seen kind of Grod jumping out at somebody and you know he's going to come back later. I reckon that'll be season one two. Of, one of the characters cool. in it, Cisco, basically takes great joy in actually naming all the villains. And they all kind of groan every time, but they're all the actual names. Yeah, of the ones. Right. <laughs> and like, I think it was this week or last week when he said, "When the weather wizard comes back." It was this week, yeah. and he said, "This week he says the weather wizard." I've been waiting to say that since week one. <laughs> 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 so that's kind of cool. Yeah. So it it was just an amazing episode from start to finish. It was. It was yeah. fantastic. Look, the Flash gets stronger and stronger and stronger with every episode. It's picking up speed. It's picking up speed, <laughs> and it's just like you start going. This is. It is. Fast overcome, and I hate to say this, Richard, because I know how much you love him, but it's fast overtaken Arrow Look, as being uh, this season. The I'm show. not going to disagree with you. The only thing I will say in Arrow's defense is that this is season three of Arrow, hmm. um, and this is season one of The Flash, and I want to see how much momentum Flash has in two years' time. But think about the season one of Arrow, yeah, and season one of Flash. This has come out of the yeah. gate Look, season, running. But the, the pun, season, but- season one of Arrow, they came out and said, "Look, we're going to do this serious." TV, which basically going to make a Batman-ish kind of show, but with Green Arrow, because we won't mention Batman, even though Bruce Wayne does get mentioned occasionally, yeah. and Bloodhaven gets mentioned. But we'll make this kind of serious, dark thing. We're not going to have any powers in this world, although they've kind of since yeah. uh, uh, reneged on that. But we're going to we're going to. Yeah, so they, they gave Sorry, them, I mean, I mean, the Adam, right? <laughs> well, they introduced the Flash effectively in that yeah. show as well. Um, and the Flash wouldn't have been possible maybe without uh, I don't think it would Arrow. have been. But do you know what this but, makes me but really what, excited The only thing it? I want to say is that because they gave themselves so many restrictions in the first season and it wasn't until the Flash came along that – because let's face it, we, we've got Ra's al Ghul in this, episode, this and season. And Lazarus Pit. And Lazarus Pit. Like he spent <laughs> about five minutes standing there looking at the Lazarus Pit thinking, yeah, I could go for a dip right now. <laughs> well, and we actually uh, saw Ra's al Ghul put his cut hand into the Lazarus Pit, pit and yeah. healed. And you know so. what Ollie's thinking. He's sitting there thinking, Sarah, 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 Sarah yeah. Sarah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's spoilers. The fact that that <laughs> uh, no, he just thinks about. I Sarah. don't even know who that is. He just thinks about <laughs> he just thinks about Sarah a lot. Um, Sarah. Um, <laughs> yeah, what this makes me really excited mm. about though is Supergirl, because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. going to take everything they've learned from mm. from the Flash and from Arrow, and they're going to be making this other show on a different network, and they're just going to go straight balls yeah. to the wall out of the gate. You Do know? you think if if you went to a cemetery and you took like one leg? from a grave, another leg from another grave, and then you went that way and got different bones, and then you put them all into the Lazarus pit. <laughs> would, 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 would a get Frankenstein coming out? <laughs> That'll be JD's Geek Created Challenge in a couple of weeks. You know, name the body parts of different heroes that you would combine together to form Which the Frank- Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, we're going to do this. Franken hero. Yeah. Three weeks. Three weeks yeah, okay. time, we'll do this. All right. Um, although I think JD said he's sitting one as well. Look, I'll quickly mention next week coming out. Uh, we'll cover some of these next week, but because we're recording this immediately afterwards, we won't. We won't Actually, I think the, the, to be fair, you'll be covering, I'll be covering these ones. Um, we won't get a chance, to, unfortunately, in the next episode to speak about uh, Multiversity Ultra Comics number one. We'll cover that when you get back. We'll cover that when we get back or when I get back. Oh, no, let's just pretend <clears> to cover it. It's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it is it's one of the best comics Graham Morrison just can't. It, it know, was can't a, I opened that book. It was a haunted comic book. My <laughs> life is ruined now as a result of having read that book. It's so good. No, because I'm so deep, and I'll talk about this next week a bit. I'm so deep into the whole Multiversity stuff at the moment because I'm doing this mm. History of the Crisis, and I'm reading how the multiverse formed all this stuff I suddenly had this deeper appreciation for all the stuff that he's doing because I've gone because what books like Morrison either Super Gods or his actual comic books it kind of encourages you to go back and read or at least read about those early comics and I think that's a really great thing um, but there's a really great book coming out from Black Mask Studios called We Can Never Go Home next week go check that out Past Away's Another Time Travel it sounds like a fast food book. restaurant 
Gemini Castaways. Castaways. <laughs> um, Gem and the Holograms, number one. I'm looking forward to that. I can't is, tell you. Is mental. But the, the really mental one, there's a book coming out based on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It's, it's a Disney book. It's a Disney ride book. But the Miami Vice remix is the most batshit book you will ever read. And I will talk about that in detail next week because it is freaking insane. And I love this book and I want this book to be the only book that ever is comes out. Is it by ADW by any chance? It is. It is. But the thing is, David, it's not like a straight like adaptation. They have gone – it's like let's do Miami Vice as though everyone was insane – and on crack while writing. Oh, awesome! <laughs> and it's just, is, it, is it shot on really bad HD cameras? No, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's, it's it's it's. This is definitely not Michael Mann's Miami Vice. But more on that next week because we are fifty minutes into the show. Oh yeah, because so, I'm waiting to hear okay, about. I don't, the, I don't think we have much to say. <laughs> Dazzler. I'm, I'm waiting about the preacher casting still. Oh yeah. Right, let's get into this. Uh, let, let's just make Dave wait a little longer. <laughs> All right, let's do some news headlines. The aforementioned Chrononauts will soon be a movie, uh, with Universal reportedly acquiring the big screen rights. Stuart Eminen will be the new artist for the ongoing Star Wars series from issue 8 later this year, following the exit of John Cassidy. We buried all of our leads early, didn't we? Still on Star Wars, Marvel will explore the journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens in September with a new series called Shattered Empire, linking Return of the Jedi with the upcoming J.J. Abrams film. It's just dead Ewoks everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Burying dead Ewoks. Amazing Spider-Man, renew your your vows and the return of the Age of Apocalypse will form part of the upcoming Secret Wars Battle World. Other new Battle World series in June include Sam Humphrey's Star Lord and Kitty Pride, Jason Aaron's Thor's, Noelle Stevenson's Runaways, Philippe Smith's Ghost Races, and 1602 Witch Hunter Angela. <laughs> Kevin Smith has confirmed that he is Woo! working on a sequel to Mallrats. The original was filled with comic book references, including a supporting role from Stan the Man Lee himself. Is that a sailboat? <laughs> it just goes a guy who reads comic books. Doesn't mean he can't start some shit. <laughs> it's a schooner. Uh, <laughs> the Crow comic creator James Abar has officially announced that Boardwalk Empire's Jack Houston will star as the lead in the new film version of his cult classic hero. TJ Miller will play Weasel in Fox's Deadpool, while Marina Bakarin has been confirmed to play Copycat. Mm-mm. And finally, TV's Preacher has cast uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Ruth Nagar as Tulip and Ian Colletti as Arseface for the upcoming AMC series. You didn't tell me about Tulip! You just said I was about to me! There's gotta be some mystery in the world, Dave. Because I had to make an arse face joke up front. <laughs> and Dave, you can actually see a lot more of the actress who is playing uh, Tulip because she is uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's the girl in the flower. Uh, She's, uh, she uh, plays, uh, yeah. What's her name? Uh, uh, oh wait, we should do this after the show. I'm trying yeah, to do it do after the show. We're already over time. Photos. Right now, we, uh, we've, got, we've got two things for our talking point this oh. week. So it's time to get into talking point. Talking point. Talking point. It's so that's new. That's new. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's new. You go look at the show notes. I've got graphics for talking point now. This is very very cool. Really, <clears> now like the like first it. thing that thank you, David. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing we're going to talk about is this artwork, which you can see um, on the behindthepanels.net uh, show notes page. Until it gets taken down. <laughs> well, no, hell, I, I work is, in a photo lab. I'm going to print the shit out of this. <laughs> <laughs> ne- next, next week, you're going to have some, some 
24 by 36 inch prints. So, what are we going to do? So, we'll just wallpaper, <laughs> wallpaper the studio. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get t shirts for Comic Con. But, um, oh, we should sell them at the live shows <laughs> and we'll sign them. The, uh, the artwork we're talking about, of course, is the Raphael Albuquerque Joker variant cover for Batgirl uh, that's coming up in June, I believe. Uh, this is it's going to be Joker month, so there's a whole lot of Joker variant covers. The cover is a re- is a reference to the Killing Joke, and it's got uh, the Joker wearing his his Killing Joke hat um, with, the, with with his arm over Batgirl with a big gun in one hand, and he's sort of painted presumably in blood across her face, a big smile, and she is crying um, and looking terrified. Now this received a whole lot of complaints uh, to DC. And Raphael Albuquerque, the artist, was the one that officially withdrew the artwork from circulation and said we won't be releasing this anymore. It wasn't an official DC thing. It's got everything from cries of censorship to um, cries of people uh, against the image in the first place uh, to people actually going so far as to release death threats uh, to uh, Raphael Albuquerque, which seems to be the internet troll's response now to mm-hmm. anything that involves gender and sexuality and... And, and, and uh, Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen <laughs> and misogyny uh, in comic books. Now, is this is this a misogynistic comic book cover? Is it just really cool? Is it an example of DC going too far? Uh, my understanding is DC wanted Albuquerque to go even further uh, with a cover. If we back in issue 109, we talked about the killing joke uh, as being the start of the whole women in fridges uh, kind of uh, syndrome that's seen in comics. It's just uh, a movement against uh, again, the, the dub women in fridges was a movement uh, that's named by um, Gail, Simone. Gail Simone, who was referencing a Green Lantern issue where Kyle Rayner's girlfriend was found stuffed into a fridge, mm-hmm. uh, referencing the fact that women are disproportionately used as victims, as as uh, um, as the as, as a plot device uh, of brutality rather than actually being a hero. She could be a hero within the pages of this book. We don't know. But all we have is this image here. So just uh, kicking it out for some thoughts about this whole controversy. Now, Dave, you and I started talking about mm. this beforehand and I think you and I have very different opinions on this. Yeah, I think all this, all this um, is crap. <laughs> Absolute. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. Absolute <laughs> crap. Firstly, I don't think I, I don't believe for a second that Ra- Raphael Albuquerque pulled this mm. with his own volition. I think it's just extreme pressure from like um, probably DC themselves and from all of these other people. I don't think the death threats are much to worry about unless they were extremely severe. Yeah, because like I know a lot of um, media people get death threats. On Dan, Dan, Dan Slot got death threats yeah. when he but changed. The, 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 yeah, big, the bigger know, thing uh, here is, I guess, and this is sort of. But coming. that's just one thing. Is like the one the other thing I find really odd. Yeah, is that Raphael Albuquerque didn't provide a reason for why he created the artwork or what his yeah. intention was. Yes, because you just look at that <clears> and. Like, firstly, there's a way to look at an image like this where you can sit there and you can go, that's a woman being attacked by a man. Yep. Or you can look at it and go, that's two people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can start to to look into it further. I mean, like, I think it's more an eye of the beholder issue here. Because for me, this, my first problem with this, why I'm so angry about this, is that I bet you majority of these people do not have a lick of an idea what the killing joke is. Yes. Or the importance of this moment in the DC Universe's history. That's one thing. So you, you look at this image and you don't you don't immediately see any of that. Secondly, it's like what this whole censorship thing, this ridiculous world that we're beginning to be in, where all it takes is like two dickheads in front of a computer to like actually move and shake 
mm-hmm. like like creators of art. And yes. it's like that is a beautiful painted image that's very evocative. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Look, the image itself like just because is- just because she's a girl crying does not mean that Batgirl is only capable of crying. Yeah, and I think like, I, know, I guess that yeah. was my response. And and look, you know, if it was a really bad drawing, yeah, or if it was extremely sexualized, like then maybe I'd have a problem. I want to say two quick things on this. Uh, one is which, just in response to what you've just said, is is one I agree with you. I think it is a magnificently rendered piece of artwork. I think it it is Albuquerque is one of the finest artists mm. in the industry. Yeah, I suspect you're right. I suspect that it wasn't actually Albuquerque that did this of his own volition. But we are in an environment at the moment where um, this is a very sensitive area, and I think it was sort of a boneheaded move on DC's part to release this, given that they, they probably would have known that there would be some reaction to an no, image think, like I this. Think, but yeah, hang on, yeah, let, no, let me just finish sorry, on that sorry, point, Richard, which is yeah. just that I think at the end of the day. You're absolutely right. This is an image. This is one single image and, and without the context of the killing joke, mm. without the context of 30-odd of years of comics history and, and what this actually means, um, that's all we've got. Now, I don't want to sort of mention him, put him on the spot by mentioning him, but um, Josh Spencer, who did our artwork, sort of raised, raised one of the flip things he raised to this. Um, so when I say he did our artwork, he did our cartoons of oh, us, okay. um, which you can see on the website and on our T-shirts and all sorts of things. Um, he said that what, when he sees an image, what he sees is, oh, how is she going to get out of this one? Um, yeah. Which is probably the intention of the piece. Now, I, I think the thing, the thing about the thing about the laws and, and 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 guidelines around what's offensive and what's in bad taste and whatnot, it comes down to an eye of the beholder thing. You're absolutely right. Mm. And if someone is offended by it, then the argument is that it has gone too far. And I can see that. I, I think this is one of those. I think at the moment. Everyone has to be really careful. This is, I think, in some ways, part of my gut feeling to this when I was looking at this was saying, you know, in this image, as an image by itself, the flip side of what mm. I just said is that she is seen as nothing but a victim in in this photo, and that that's that's the, that's the counter argument. And mm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say whether I agree with that or not. I'm just putting the two arguments out there. Yeah, okay. The two uh, arguments are that. Can you I know, yeah. counter that? Because here's my example of why I think this is really problematic territory. because we're getting a still image, which is just which is a caption of what is supposed to be a tease for a story, right? That's Correct. one thing. But when you add the whole women thing into the issue, it becomes really problematic for me because, like, the way I look at this is like. Let's just say, for example, you've got a woman walking down mm. the street and there's a stairway mm. and she gets onto the stairs. Mm. Someone t- takes a snapshot of the woman on the stairs and then yeah. automatically someone looks at the photo and goes, she's on the stairs and I don't like the stairs. Yeah. You know, like that, that's, that's kind of the problem here. Exactly. It's, it's, it's this, this into- extreme knee jerk reaction yeah. to something. Well, where, can I like- quickly put this into context for mm-hmm. listeners just so they know where you're coming from? You have been... Uh, very outspoken in the past about misogyny in comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've, you've recognised that on a number of occasions. Yeah, it's a major issue. That, there are, yeah. that the misogyny in comics is a major issue, and you're saying in this instance you're not seeing that. Yeah, and and I want to point that out to listeners because yeah, I don't I don't you. want yeah. them to to think of this conversation in isolation. You, I mean, because you are uh, you know your 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 viewpoint on that is something that's that's quite admirable. Yeah. I think so. I, I want people to know that. Yeah, no, um, well, thanks, thanks. So, yeah, yeah, like, um, and so. that's the kind of problem where I kind of am in this territory because I don't really like think about this kind of stuff. Mm. Like I just see two people there. I don't yeah. like, like I don't see the big deal. Like, um, like what I see in this image is I see like a potential that Batgirl is going to be crippled again. And, the, and DC is just going to repeat like what they've done before. But like, um, 
uh, the thing is, like, th- this has got nothing sexual about it. There's nothing. Re- it's two people. It yeah. could be. It could be the Joker holding the- up Dick Grayson. Like, and and Dick Grayson could be crying and looking scared. Like, okay. it's just two people. Like, it's there's nothing in that image that says. I'm a woman and this is this is a domination yeah. thing. The, like- the, the flip side I'll say to that is that if you do put it in the context of the killing joke, uh, for the longest time it's been implied that um, she was sexually assaulted in the killing joke. And mm. you look at the original artwork and that certainly indicates mm. that she was sexually assaulted. There are pictures of her naked. He took pictures of her naked yeah. and Polaroids and whatnot. And that that's always been one of the bones of contention mm. um, in that. So as a reference back to the killing joke, mm-hmm. Coupled with this image, then it starts to become a little bit disturbing. Yeah, on this that is, level. This is an interesting. This is yeah. interesting. sorry, Dave. One sec. Yeah. One sec. One. This is really interesting as well because I think like I will. I will happily eat crow if I read this issue, and sh- and she is treated as how everyone yeah. d- thinks they are from the issue. Because mm. then it would be real. Yeah. It would be really what's happening. Yes. Whereas this is just an artwork. My my understanding like, is like, that this is a variant cover though. This it probably is. has mm. absolutely nothing to do with the contents of the book mm. because it is Joker Month. Every cover yeah. is a Joker Month. Oops. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think these are just Joker covers. This is another, yeah, exactly. And the point, exactly and my, the, my yeah, point yeah. is, you, I mean, I've been sitting, I here, I listen, I've been sitting yeah. here listening to you guys, and all I'm sitting there thinking of is, first of all, a comment that Richard just made, which is, if your artwork offends somebody, then you've gone too far. I completely disagree with this because mm. you're never going to, you're never, well, let me finish. You're never going to please everyone mm. and everything will offend somebody. Yeah. What, what I, I want to say what I meant by that was that that from from a legal standpoint uh, I'm, I'm saying that because you know my background's in law. So um, but yeah. your your purposes of artwork is to evoke an emotion. No, and I but but as an artist as an appreciator and as a commentator on artwork as I have been for a number of years I agree with you completely. Mm. Uh, I was just pu- putting that out there because what all I'm doing is just presenting the different viewpoints. I look at is that, my, I feel is my job yeah, today. Fair, that's you know? fair enough. And I look at I look at that piece of artwork, and what I see is a variant cover that probably has nothing to do with the contents of that Batgirl issue. What I see is an homage mm. to one of the most famous pieces of DC lore and history mm-hmm. of the last four decades. Yeah. Right, and I look at that, and I, I get so angry because people are taking this completely out of context. I don't see that mm. as misogynistic. I don't. Yeah. See that as offensive. I look at that and go, if you want to ban that cover, yeah. ban the you killing know, joke. You know, you know what, you know what shits me to tears about this whole situation is the Batgirl, since they 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 fired Gail Simone, treated Gail Simone like absolute crap for years, because I don't know of her of her stance on this stuff. They they took Batgirl from a really strong character into some teenage idiot. Mm. Like, and no one has a problem with this. This is all fine and good fun and games, but you have an image. You have an image where 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 it's a man standing next to a woman, and all of a sudden, it's the most misogynistic, evil thing I'm that's looking, ever happened. I'm in looking a comic at the book. main cover now in yeah. front of us, which is like uh, her framed. Like the the biggest char- character on the cover is the is the evil robot character, and it's her framed in the front with a box around her head that says "Eliminate." <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's the main cover, and no one's talking no about one's talking that. talking about that because it's this know. massive hypocrisy. Like I think like, I do. I have, think that's, I a, do. that's a more salient point, Dave. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you completely, and, and that and is a bigger problem in the industry. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and the kind of thing you know. is like um, like the the knee jerk reaction really annoys me too because it's like, can we look at the Joker first? 
like the Joker is a horrifying like, character. Yeah, like yeah. exactly, like you know, like the Joker mm. isn't exactly like the, and the thing is the, the male like you know epitome or, or and anything the thing is, like did that. Did he sexually like, assault Barbara Gordon in the yeah. Killing Joke? Probably. Why? Because yeah. he is a disgusting, yeah. vile individual yeah. who we're supposed to hate. The, yeah, the, and the only thing I'll oh, say, yeah. I think I'll say in response to that, this is the Joker month. So yeah. the hero of all these covers is the Joker. Right. And the Joker is the one that's doing these things. Mm-hmm. So by implication. What the joke is doing there is a tacit endorsement of the Joker being cool in that situation. That's that's the kind of thing, and I think I think. And but if again, it's Joker month, we're supposed to think he's cool. Again, now. but yeah. all I'm doing is putting the argument out there, which is that if the joke is cool and the joke is assaulting and making Batgirl cry, then that treatment is being seen as cool. That would be the argument. That would be the, the argument that follows from that. Okay, and disagree mm-hmm. or disagree with that as you would. That's the argument, and I can and I can. All I'm going to say is I totally see that point of view. Okay, and I think I kind of think we can keep going around in circles. I just on have this, a couple more points. Yeah, no, so sure, Dave. Yeah. yeah, the first one I want to make is that you can easily, if 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 you put your like um like your knee jerk reactions aside, you can start to think about that image and you can start to compose an equally valid interpretation of it the other way around. Like, let's have a look at it. Like, Batgirl's looking at us and she's saying, "What are you gonna do about it?" You know, and that can also be construed as a comment on the state of comics today. Yeah. Of like you're looking at Batgirl, you're looking at this issue and it's inherently misogynistic. What are you, the reader, going to do about it? Are mm. you going to pick it up? Are you going to throw it away? Like you can read some sort of comment into this. Like that could potentially be the point. And I only bring this up just to showcase that mm. art is so subjective down to a line where, yeah. where like we don't even know the intention of what this art is and, and the one thing you can yeah. say about this art regardless of anything else it is not disposable in any way yeah, shape no. or form can it has got us out. talking about it yeah. for 15 yeah. minutes and can yeah. I also point yeah. out that if you actually go back and read Death in the Family there is a mm. panel in Death in the Family mm. which has her with the red smile painted onto her mm. face tied to a chair and Joker yeah. basically draped all over her so but he was doing that to yeah. everyone well, the, the, absolutely yeah. but the point is we're not yeah. looking at everyone we're looking at the Batgirl, Batgirl issue, issue. Yeah. Yeah. so we're not going to show everybody we're going to show Batgirl and again look I think at the end of the day like what this is coming down to is this, this is one image. Yeah, and, I only have one think, more point. Yep. If that's okay, one more, and then I'm and then I'm done. But this really angered me, man. Yeah. Like to, to no extent. I've been fuming. I've been fuming about it for fucking days. Like, sorry for the swearing. I can't help. I it. I think but, it was um, justified. But but yeah. But in the one last point I have is there's a, there's nothing inherently female about the image. Nothing. Interesting. Yeah. Nothing. You know, and, and so that that's that's what really really irritates me. Actually, it's me a good point. Most. She's a costume. She's not a. Girl. She's not even wearing lipstick. Yeah, she's a she's a you know she's like, her character. She's Batgirl there. She's Batgirl. It's not Barbara yeah. Gordon. Yeah, she's not As even. A, there isn't even a visible. Bias. Actually, that's an interesting second, distinction to sec- make because second, in the Killing Joke, it was yeah. Barbara Gordon, not Batgirl. Yeah, yeah here yeah. it's Batgirl. And um, so. and, and the, the sub point I guess that I just thought of now is that when you sorry, can we pull that image up again? Cause yeah, it's, sure. It's hard sorry. for me to say without looking at it. Yeah, so it's like um. When when you're looking at at the image altogether, Batgirl is not just reduced to being female. Even okay. even, even if you have yeah have the the knowledge that that is a woman there and she's in a costume and you know Ooh. the title Batgirl, she's still not reduced to just being a woman. And on the other, there's so much going on there that the the other <clears> flip <throat> side of that is that the Joker is just reduced to being the Joker. Agreed. Agreed. And so so I would just simply look at it as in like there's much more characterization in the female depicted than there is in the main. And I, I'm going to go back to my original point, which is if you're going to ban this cover, you have to ban the killing joke. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that attempts too, yeah. to that as well. And this Look, is one other thing is like, like, what are we in the stage now where we have to coddle everybody? 
Yeah. No. Like where it's like, oh, a woman can never be depicted as being weak or vulnerable. Like, because. And that's you know, a much bigger conversation. In fact, well, yeah, I think yeah. what this has done has made me really want to do that sex in comics a documentary that we've been wanting to put together for ages. Mm. And I think I think I think there is a long hour-long conversation at least mm. about these these points. There's another bit of feedback we've got here, but I'm going to return to that after we've done the pick of the week when we're doing our feedback section as well, because I really can't wait. Speaking of really po- sex-positive depictions of women, I really can't wait <laughs> to get into this to this week's. Oh yeah, pick crap! Of, we haven't even done the pick. <laughs> this week's <laughs> pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's. It's awfully funny. It's the pick of the week. Alison Blair is living the dream of the 80s. She's an aerobics instructor, a singer and a mutant that uses her powers to create dazzling light shows. But when she's drawn into the soap opera lifestyle of a romance with a Hollywood celebrity, her life is just about to get a whole lot more complicated. Written by James Shooter, the entire world is about to know Alison Blair's secret. What happens next will affect every living mutant forever. This is the movie. Yeah. Talk about the weirdest freaking segue from the conversation well, we're having just before. That definitely that. lightened things up a little bit, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Look, this this is a book that we joked about doing for years. Uh, <laughs> and here we are sitting around in a studio actually talking about Dazzler the movie. Somehow I don't think we're going to talk about it for very long. No. Now, <laughs> this, 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 this is an inci- exciting prospect when you first open it up. Uh, he, the, the cover artist, as he was for the rest of the series, is the incomparable Bill Sienkiewicz. Mm. And so you get this beautiful painted <laughs> artwork cover for, for what looks like the most epic comic ever. And then you open it up to this rather uh, uh, plain kind of uh, interior, which is just the entire world knows now what Alison Blow's secret. What happens next will affect every living mutant forever. And that sort of implied to me that there'd been some information before. That doesn't actually happy, happen until no. until this this graphic novel. But the um, the uh, the graphic novel, we should point out two things here. There was an ongoing series. Uh, and I think this is set between issue 34 and 35, effectively. Uh, it was written by Jim Shooter, who was the editor-in-chief of Marvel at the time, and I do not, and I suspect it would not have been released for any other reason. <laughs> and the opening page is Alison Blair leading an aerobics class, um, <laughs> and then she starts to glow. A very 80s-style <clears throat> aerobics class. The, the, the plot then follows a... Uh, <laughs> the plot as it is then follows... Um, a, a a Hollywood sort of celebrity type, a sort of an aging celebrity uh, who is Roman Nekobo, and it's important to note that that is Hoboken backwards <laughs> because he's a very thinly disguised Frank Sinatra, mm. who they had probably had to call him that rather than you know Frank Anatis or something, <laughs> um, uh, because otherwise he probably would have sued, uh, because he's basically portrayed as a lech who spends. Uh, well, I guess uh, out of the 70-odd pages, if there's 72 pages to this, he spends, you know, 
50 of them trying to sexually assault her <laughs> yeah. before yeah. she falls. He starts as a stalker, stalker and works his way to date rape. Well, he does. He, he, he doesn't even, it's not even date rape. He turns up to, basically, this character turns up to her apartment. First of all, he releases a story to the papers saying that they're an item. Yeah. Uh, then <laughs> turns up to her apartment, physically attempts to, to, uh, to, Effectively, raper mm. um, throws and trashes half her apartment when he throws her down onto the um, uh, the coffee table, <laughs> and then stalks her around the city for the next twenty pages before she just miraculously falls in love with him. Mm. Well, that's what, that's, <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> that's how it happens. Mm. Uh, I, in fact, I believe that's how we all met our significant yeah. others. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so if you want to, <laughs> yeah, Jim Shooter did not uh, re- uh, uh, pull this from shelves. <laughs> Jim Shooter. Has never been on a date in his life, right? Is that yes. Apparently, yeah. uh, this is this is basically Tinder the movie or something. Yeah. It's like uh, a ninety-nine-year-old wrote it. You know, it is it, it is bizarre. Like it, it's it's like you're waiting for the punchline most yeah. of the book, and like and in, most of the it's book, almost like one of the most misogynistic things it I've is. ever seen. Because the, the first page I've opened up, life. the like, first page I've opened up to who's her stand getting undressed in front of a mirror. There are a lot of shots of her just standing naked in front of a mirror well, glowing. Well, that seems to be her pastime. Actually, I yeah. would go a step further and say this is mis- misanthropic because <laughs> every reader that reads it just yeah. wants to kill it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I'll just finish off the plot as it is, which is like she becomes involved in this movie. They want to make a movie about her, hence the title, Dazzle of the Movie. And then, and put this into context, this is very 1980s. This was released in the mid-80s. And uh, it becomes complicated. She gets pulled into this lifestyle where she's falling in love with Roman. And, they openly and expose her as a mutant. They're gonna, yeah, they threaten to expose her. Oh, they do actually no, expose, they expose, her, her. expose her as a mutant. So her, you know, her life is now public knowledge. And uh, you know, but in the and end- I love to give the to give the comic book to give this graphic novel just that little bit of of <laughs> um, respectability. There's a three panel uh, cameo by Storm, basically saying. <laughs> Uh, Allison, you shouldn't do it. You should come and live here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to New Orleans. You're going to have some crazy adventures down there. It's basically that. That's it. And there is this, like when when she does actually appear, she appears publicly in a bikini at an airport where she uses the engines of the um, the the the, uh, the, the seven four sevens to cr- generate light in a bikini. So she's now standing almost naked, and you'll see a bit of the artwork in the in the cover Ooh. art on the website. And I've got the page open here, which is she's just standing all basically naked because they've drawn her pointy nipples in, Ooh. and this is well glowing with shots of planes and men and 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 cameras behind her. It is the most phallic lot <laughs> of imagery you could possibly imagine and her just glowing standing above the lot of it and the next page she's got just sweat dripping down her face and it's and a little it, bit like Sucker Punch really basically this book is Jim Shooter's rape fantasy yeah yeah, it, yeah. there was no other way There's to describe no other, this book and it's really hard to even try and treat it as a parody yeah, like because it does not come across like a parody. Because her moment, <laughs> her moment of realization it's is like that the room of comic books. She go, she stands in front of a mirror and uh, <laughs> and she goes, "Oh my god, I'm fat." Um, basically, yeah. She she suddenly realizes that she's fat and that, that she's not the person that she thought she was anymore. Because she could bench press like four thousand pounds or something like yeah. that at the beginning of the book, and then later on she can't lift you know anything, not even so. one. Yeah. And it's the most it's the most soap opera of scenes. Too. She's standing in front of the mirror going. Oh my god! I'm not who I was anymore. I'm fat. That's not me. And yet she looks like, exactly that's the, the worst possible thing that could happen. Not the fact that she just decided to to go off with her date rapist. Not the fact that she's 
decided to parade herself naked for the pleasure of everybody for a film career. No, none of those things. Not the fact no. that she sacrificed who she is to basically be a, a semi-nude model. She, she, she's really upset that she's getting fat now, and that's wor- not who she is. But the worst part of it all <laughs> is for all those those uh, image-conscious girls out there who are leading to the world of anorexia, she's looking in a mirror looking exactly the same as she <laughs> yeah. does at the beginning, so she's all perfectly curved and buxom going, I'm fat. Yeah. And she's sitting there going, what? What? <laughs> what, what, is this, what is this dreck? I'm going to say, when I started this book, like I opened to the first page and I was like, oh man, this is everything I hate about <laughs> comic books in one. It's just like wall-to-wall text, you know, hack work, artwork, you know, like, it's just like, oh man, like this is going to be a chore, but one panel in. You're I knew, in. I was like, this <laughs> the, is The actual dialogue amazing. from that scene. Have you guys ever seen The Room? You know that movie? <laughs> yeah, like that's what I think this is like. This, it's could, like, it quite, is, this could be the room of comic this, books. No, this yeah, could quite possibly be yeah. the life force of comic books. Yeah, exactly. On, yeah, or, exactly. or you know, Plan yeah. 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, so yeah. any of those terrible... The actual dialogue in that scene is... so misguided you wonder like how it even got to where it was. My hair isn't the only thing that's changed. I almost didn't recognize myself. <laughs> Can that really be a cigarette in my hand? How could I? How could I pick up such a nasty habit? From Roman. I've put on a lot of weight. I never used to be flabby there. What have I done to myself? <laughs> what have I become? And then she turns on the stereo. Oh, can, you, can you read some of that with the sad Hulk music? <laughs> well, let's, 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 yeah, let's really put this <laughs> yeah. into uh, into context. I can't find my sad Hulk oh, music. No. Oh, no. Where's it gone? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Dave, do you have sad Hulk music? I don't think so. Oh, wait, I've got it here. Oh, here we go. Yay. Here we go. I'll bring it up now. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my God. Is something wrong, Miss Blair? Your hair really looks lovely, really. Just just leave me, please. Leave me alone. <laughs> right away, ma'am. Oh, ma'am, the paper arrived. Just put it on the table. And please go. My hair isn't the only thing that's changed. I almost didn't recognize myself. <laughs> Can that really be a cigarette in my hand? How, how could I? How could I pick up such a nasty habit? From Roman. I've put on a lot of weight. <laughs> I never used to be flabby there. What have I become? What have I done to myself? And then now she's stripping naked in front of a mirror and glowing. And then Roman walks in. Hiya, Ali. How are you? Well, well, well. Oh, Roman. Why didn't you knock? I'm not dressed. What else is new? Anyway, I'm glad that you're not... (laughs) Anyway, I'm glad you're not taking it too hard. (laughs) Does anyone do it it Sinatra? (laughs) Do it as as Christoph Waltz. (laughs) So what else is new? Anyway... I'm glad you're not taking it too hard. T- taking what too hard? This, the big revelation, the world that you're a mutant. What? Who, who did this? I did doll naturally. Why? Because it's a brilliant ploy talking about gene rating publicity. This is the best gimmick ever. That's easy for you to say. Don't sweat it, Ali. This will make our movie a unique, a landmark. <laughs> the first movie starring a mutant. When it hits big, it'll make mutants acceptable. You'll see. <laughs> Enough oh, said. Oh, God. 
Roman. <laughs> I, I think enough said. I don't think we need to talk about this movie anymore. Coming to the CW <laughs> next year. Dazzler. <laughs> Dazzler the show. I got to tell you, if they do make a Dazzler movie with Christoph Waltz, I'm in. <laughs> would, I, I cannot read We're this so book now without this. him, without <laughs> seeing Christoph Waltz, because it is, it's basically, this is the 80s version of Big Eyes, really. <laughs> It's like he's just basically exploiting his his missus for the for the entire duration of this book. It really kind of yeah. is, isn't it? Because like, then the crux of it is like she she has to kind of give up, like she signs away, like that the 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 thing will never be seen in, like the film will never be seen in public ever again. And then oh that's right, and then but then she destroys the last reel and sort of has her thing and walks out, sort of going, "You're gonna be okay, Miss Alison Blair." And you can always hear that it's, like, it's almost like a TV movie, yeah. yeah. Hear, you know that thing. Of, you know, I'm gonna make it after all. <laughs> at the end of it, streetcar. Yeah, <laughs> you can almost hear that at the end of it. <laughs> it is. It is a book that I actually read back in the '80s. And it's funny, when you read it in the 80s, none of this really occurs to you. You just go, eh, it's Dazzle the movie, it's crap. <laughs> but you read it back now and you go, oh my God, what were we reading? You know, it's like, I can't believe. Ah, different era, people, different mm, era. Times have changed. <laughs> it's, it is bizarre because uh, the, the fact is that, that she's known basically for being a singer and all that sort of stuff. She barely does any of those things in this book. I want to go and read the other 30 I've issues. I've said, for me personally, the, I entire, the entire graphic novel really There's did more. just feel like it was an excuse to power her up. Yeah, because Dave of, just mouthed to me. There's more. Yeah, there's more. It's a whole series. Because <laughs> so, basically it came in the middle of um, – there was there was a whole um, uh, Dazzler uh, series uh, and, and there was like issue th- – I think I said this before, issue 35 or so, between issue 34 and 35 the graphic novel came out, as you said, Dave, just as an excuse to power her up a little bit. prior to this graphic novel, her powers were she hears music, she creates a light show. Mm. That doesn't make much of a superhero and uh, just <clears> doing a pyrotechnics display really doesn't do much. As I say, she made Jubilee look powerful. Um, however – what this graphic novel does is because Roman does the whole 747 thing, overcharges her. She now has the power to kind of like fire laser beams and stuff, you know? <laughs> so I have more focus on it and she can store it mm. up and stuff like that. So it almost just felt like an entire excuse yeah. just to power her up, you know? Yeah. Um, or to change her powers. Yeah, I remember that <laughs> issue. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. There it is. I want to get all of these now. Like, so I, I, want need, I need to stop print. reading Green Lantern right away. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. You need to start reading Dazzler. Why? Why did Hollywood look like it was in the 1950s in the 80s? Because it always did. <laughs> yeah, it, it's never changed, hey. <laughs> you uh, see, David, <laughs> it was always this way. Oh, uh, you're bringing back such memories looking I at know, these covers. I know, I'm going through these covers. It actually, the series went on, there's more of them than wow. I thought. And Bill Sienkiewicz did a whole lot of these covers. There's a really great one, like issue 35, which continues the story. <laughs> she's so on rollerblades. If, if, if you want to pick up, if you've read oh, Dazzler the movie, <laughs> okay, right. if you want to read Dazzler the movie and then hear more of the story, go straight to Dazzler number 35. But the series went until... For 42 issues. It went from 1981 to 1986, uh, including Dazzler the movie. And Dazzler is a character that is still in the Marvel's, Marvel Marvel yeah. now. Yeah, when you look up the thing, they've got um, more recent uh, pictures of her here. Yeah, she yeah. was she played a part in Secret Invasion, uh, and she's looked different over the years as well. I think in this previous one, she got rid of the village people costume. Yeah, so it's uh, when you look at you look at this picture I'm about to bring up here. If you go to the Marvel Wiki. Uh, page which is I got I love this resource for researching anything like she's got a very very different look there that was her grunge era a, yeah, she's almost her punk her post punk yeah, era you know she's got she almost sort of, looks cool there yeah almost, almost. yeah almost you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh 
it's such a it's easily mockable character, but she became an agent of Shield that looks at one cool, point. I think, like, yeah, she's yeah. wearing the Shield uniform and whatnot. Because when they did power her up, she's a legitimately badass character. Of course, it, she yeah, did. There you go. But she's also been. Uh, she's she's also basically a. Uh, she was a singer who could who could make light shows, which made her kind of a cool novelty factor for the eighties, where. A mutant was anybody who could do anything that wasn't that a human couldn't do, really. Mm. And uh, let's face it, light shows and singing, being a pop star who can make light shows and fireworks in the eighties was How kind do of you do that, the ultimate Trade dream. Secret. Yeah, you know, it was it was like the ultimate dream, as I said in the intro. It was the dream of the eighties. You know, it's bizarre, but the the character was created, I think, in 19, February nineteen eighty. So she is she's literally born out of the eighties, and yeah, this she's is an eighties character. So much, yeah. So. Was she created by Claremont? No. No, I don't think she was actually. By Tom DeFalco and John. So no, she was actually she did Uncanny X-Men number 130. So I thought I thought Claremont was still running. Yeah, but he uh, may not have created the character though. He may uh, have just incorporated. But her first her appearance was Uncanny X-Men number 130. It sounds thought, like it sounds like she was given to him. Interesting. Said, Make this character work. Very interesting. <laughs> Anyways, I mean that's that's fascinating to me. Uh, <laughs> that um uh, See Dazzler the weapon, but she she's actually going to come back in a big way. She's going to be one of the char- main characters in A Force, which is going to be written by G Willow Wilson, um, who I will be seeing talk for an hour and a half in a couple of days' time. Cool. Um, at this conference, I'm going you know to. No, we're actually doing a show next week. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I'll be beaming in live via satellite <laughs> from from whichever city I'm in at that time, Portland or Seattle. It's only one of two. Um, so I think that's going to be really interesting to see how she works in the context of an all-female Avengers because I think what Marvel's doing right now, this is one thing we should say in the context of the conversation we're having before, Marvel is, and I think I said this at the start, Marvel is just knocking it out of the park mm. right now in terms of female-led books. Mm, mm-hmm. They're doing amazing stuff. And this A-Force looks like it could be one of the best books that's coming out of this whole Secret Wars battle world thing. So I'm looking forward to that and the fact that Dazzler's in it. I'm in, man. <laughs> you know. um, but I think that's enough about Dazzler. David, can I hear from uh, – this? suffice it to say, this will not be making it into the Comics 101. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> but can I hear from uh, a different type of girl, please, a musical girl? Hey, girl, how you doing? Now, uh, a couple of things. Uh, I should mention uh, that we were completely remiss last week when we did John D. Well, when we did uh, – uh, John D's Geek Related Challenge or something, or should I say? It's John D's Geek Related Challenge or something. Which we're not doing this week because um, we don't have time, but we're doing one next week. Uh, but I forgot to mention JD's actual picks for um, oh, yeah. uh, for Kang, the Kang Challenge we did last week, uh, which is you could, you could make a, a, a Avengers team from anywhere in space and time. And he said that um, I thought I'd put together a team to fight the alien invasion led by Kang from The Simpsons <laughs> and said, so we had uh, Radioactive Man, the Renier Wolfcastle version, unless there's acid because he goggles do not sink. I forgot that he wrote that when I did the intro to this week's show, so they're fantastic. Fallout Boy, hashtag sure Jiminy... you did. <laughs> Fallout Boy, hashtag Jiminy Jillikas. Stretch Dude, because you can't be any worse than Reed Richards in Rise of the Silver Surfer. Clobber Girl, because every team needs a powerhouse. Duff because Duffman's going into battle. <laughs> and Lucy Lawless, Xena can't fly. I told you, I'm not Xena, I'm Lucy Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Simpsons references, hey. And he's got a uh, couple of... Don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. <laughs> <laughs> got to vote for someone. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to mention that uh, this week as well. So we, he's got a few other suggestions for a couple of upcoming JD challenges, but 
three weeks or more from now. And we might be seeing JD, hopefully, uh, we might get him on mic briefly if he's down here for the free comic book day show. Ooh, absolutely. Which we are doing on May the 2nd, I think in the afternoon probably, at uh, Good Games Hurstville in... Good Games Hurstville. In Hurstville, yeah. In Hurstville, strangely enough. The other bit of feedback we had this week was from Tyler Eller, and we mentioned this before, who says, Hey, David, Richard, and Dave. I think that's the three of us. Um, as always, loving the show. Thank you for everything you do um, week after week. Recently, I've cancelled a few books from my pool list at the local comic book shop. Local comic book shop. And had me um, <laughs> wondering, what uh, have you guys stopped reading lately? And what does it take for you um, for a book to come off your reading list? Tyler, good question. Mm. Um, I'll quickly address this. Um, which is one, one thing is that we read, as you probably guessed from each week, we read a shit ton of books. Mm-hmm. We read a lot of books every week. And uh, sometimes it's just a matter of timing if it's just not as good as the other ones. Often, I was thinking about this this morning, sometimes I'm reading a book specifically for a writer or an artist or a particular creator and they'll leave and I'm just not as interested in the yeah. book. And I think you'll probably find that's true of something like Batgirl. You know, where uh, you that's just, actually you know, a major contributing yeah. factor for me. And, and sometimes it's just, you know, you, you're not... Um, into a character like I don't read everything Batman I like the character mm. but I, I will read a new Batman book and if it's not interesting I'll, I'll let it go after a couple of uh, issues but I don't read and in fact I think talking about it and saying it out now loud now I think that is probably the major reason the creator thing for me it's a time money thing as well but this, the creator thing is a major thing for me because I don't follow with the exception of something on someone like Green Arrow I very rarely follow a Character, I mostly follow creators. So yeah. I'd say that's probably the biggest one for me. What about you guys? I follow characters more than creators. Um, for me, it actually it's not about going, oh my God, this is written or drawn by such and such. Uh, it is, I fall in love with a story arc. I fall in love with mm. a particular artist. Yeah. And then I follow it along until that will end. And then it's like whether or not the next artist or creator or writer can actually spark me to continue reading yeah um there have been many books in the past where i have read and then the the shift over changes and you just go i'm not interested anymore it's yeah. like it's like the batgirl thing I mean, batgirl had me hook line and sinker they mm. changed the creative team they changed the direction it's not my batgirl anymore i'm not interested in reading it anymore yeah. it has to entertain me and for me it's always about the story and the visuals um mm. and it's not necessarily I don't. I don't subscribe to the idea that you sit there and go, "Oh, uh, X Y Z artist drew it, so it's going to be good." Yeah, because uh, everybody has good and bad days, and just because they drew it doesn't necessarily make it a brilliant book. I don't think Mark. I love Mark Millar's work, but he has not everything he has written is something that I want to yeah. read. You know, um, so I, I look at it and go, "Does the story interest me?" Then yeah. when I read it. Does it grab me? And if it doesn't, I move on because yeah. I have too much to read. It's like Brian K. Vaughan said: you get these days, you get one page from most readers. If the yeah. book doesn't grab you in the first page or two, it's like you were saying about Dazzler. Just to bring it back to this week's pick, it's like yeah. for the first page and a bit, you're like, uh-huh. and then you get past that, and you're yeah. like. This is gold. There yeah, are many, there are many times when we've actually started our pick and I've gone, do I really have to read that? Yeah. Mm. But I've had to push through because I've had to push through for the read. So then you go, oh, this is actually pretty good. And I think that's probably the, one of the biggest things that this show, in fact, I think Amy was asking us uh, on that behind the panels, behind, behind the secret origins of behind the yeah, panels, yeah, yeah. what's changed about our reading habits, what's changed about that. And I think that's that. Like I'm a little bit more adventurous. I'm a little bit more, mm. I will persevere longer, mm. but I'm also more willing to drop something if I'm just not getting along with it. Agreed. So. Yeah, I guess like I'm a bit all over the shop. I'll go recommendations. I'll go from like creator and artist and I'm all over the place. I don't really look at it that way. I kind of just, there's one thing that really annoys me though, is that if, if a book becomes more about the studio's needs, 
Yeah. And it becomes clearly like about like, let's just keep spinning the wheel over and over and over and over again. Like after three or four issues of the same crap happening, like <coughs> X-Men. The walking dead. Yeah, you know, yeah. <clears throat> then then I'll just be like, Zero. all right, well, what, what I'll do is I'll just drop this and then I'll I'll catch up like 20 issues when something big happens because all I'll need to do is read one because the right same crap's happened. That's one thing that really annoys me. Uh, but mostly like I'll give some image titles one issue and not and... But that's the kind of thing. That's spinning the wheels thing. It's mm. just like mm. if there's no forward what? progression and, in, and forward progression can be something as simple as like someone gets a hamburger or something and says, I've eaten, you know, like <laughs> like something that's moved the story forward. Um, but I think the way I look at the comic world is the way I look at all media and art. It's just there's so much A plus material out there to read. Why do I want to waste time on a B minus? Because sometimes a B minus you know? can be fun. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, but but still, like, but no, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, there's no, so much quality you. stuff to read, and like, I'm reading a, a B minus at the moment, as far as I'm concerned, which is Blackest Night. But I, I, I'm going through and through and through and through, and you know, it's it's worth my time. Mm. But there, and there have been other times where yeah, I'll like, start like, something, but something like like another thing, like Image Comics, for example. Whereas I'll I'll sometimes prejudge, admittingly, like. I'll look at the issue one and I'll go, that's not going to last six issues. So I won't read it. But if it gets to issue 10 and everyone's going like, oh, you got to read this. It's amazing. Mm. Then I'll check it out. That's the thing. We can't read everything. Because the kind of thing is the way the comics are so ephemeral. It's just like, you know, oh, Matt Fraction, he's got a new series. Oh my god! And then you see posters for it everywhere, and you're like, "Matt, I love Matt Fraction." Matt Fraction's actually a really and then, good example. And then you never hear anything after like issue three, and you're kind of like, "Well, why did I invest all this time?" It's like pilot season in the states. Yeah, it's like uh, Matt, Matt Fraction's you know. a really good example of what I was saying. How I don't just follow an writer mm. blindly because Hawkeye was so good, and I loved Hawkeye mm. so much that I was like, "Oh, Matt Fraction's got a new book. Got to read about Fraction." And then you get Odyssey. And you go, but I'll always I'm give, not interested. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll yeah. always give the first issue of a Matt Fraction a go. But yeah, because you want to have a look to see what yeah, he's so, doing. So I, I will give it a go, but if it's going to be worth mm. the length of it, I suppose. Like Odyssey, uh, I have not reading um, at the moment, but uh, and I've sort of given up on that because it just didn't grab me. But um, something like and sex criminals, I want to return to because everyone is raving about mm. it, and they're about to make a TV series. Actually, and all the that perfect sort of stuff. example of what I was I saying. should say, uh, sex criminals is coming out next week as a deluxe edition. It's like called the big hard book of sex uh, criminals or something. Yeah. I quite like that. The um, the perfect example of what I was saying, and perfect example of this question, which is what makes you stop reading. When we did Extremists for Iron Man, yeah. I read that and just kept reading, mm. and I actually read. Every Iron Man book, all the way through Civil War, Siege—I mean, yeah. the whole run, all the way through—until uh, a few months ago, actually, when they brought in the brother character and all this mm, sort of stuff. Mm, mm. And it was—it just—it was like turning on a light switch. It was just like I'm bored, mm, and I yeah. just stopped reading. And it wasn't until Superior Iron Man that I've gone back and now mm. actually started catching up again. But I—it's—it it was like literally a light switch. What we're saying is we're just all fickle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I want to be the first to say here, like I'm yeah. like the most fickle out of all of you guys, I think, because like I'll I'll do things where I really love a book and I'm like that's amazing. I'll wait for the trade. Yeah. And, then, and then before I know it, it, before I know it, it's like four trades. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, things yeah. like Manhattan Projects and like Robert Kirkman's recently Outcast, God like Miss yeah. Marvel. Like there's so many ones that I just absolutely loved from the get go, and then was just like, I love this so much, I want to sit down and read it all as one. But and then, then, and then never it never happens, you yeah. know. Like uh, the other thing is, we do a weekly show. So Same thing it's with like- The Walking Dead, I was obsessed with The Walking Dead comic, like. Long-time listeners will remember. Like, uh, oh, me too. I was you know? all in and, for the first And it was just like, issues. I remember All Out War began, and I was like, oh, All Out War, it's going to be this 12-issue thing. I'm, I'm going to wait. 
And you never and returned this, to it. I've, yeah. I've never gone back to it. And every time I go to the bookshop, book book I'm like, I stopped as well. Yeah. And now my problem is finance because I'll go in the bookshop and I'm like, I want to get these trades. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get five trades. And actually, that's yeah. probably a really big reason. There's, mm. there's, I mean, we're lucky we get some things for free because of, you know, media stuff and whatnot, but not everything. Mm. And, and, you know, money is a big reason. And we do a weekly show when we cannot read everything so we try and restrict ourselves to stuff that we think we should read we think the stuff that you you guys are going to be interested in listening at home and also the stuff that we think is probably going to get some attention or makes us laugh like when we did you know the first Dazzle issue Dazzle the movie, Dazzle the movie <laughs> or when we did like the first issue of Angry Birds versus Transformers mm. or or uh, the the Transformers X Files crossover yeah. or whatever you know that sort of stuff it's like I'll read those because how can you not mm. you know but for the most part, like Batman is a great example for me, where I just sort of dropped it. I didn't. I want. I, I didn't drop it. Actually, I, it was one of the ones where I wanted to drop, but I persevered because it's Batman. It's the mm. headline title, and I felt like I should be reading but it. There's a horrible reason to read a book. But you I know? did drop yeah, yeah. Detective you know. Comics. Yeah. And yeah. I did drop. Yeah. Uh, um, what was the other Batman title? It was um, so the Detective Comics, Batman, and one other. And I dropped the other two. It was just one of the other sixteen Batman. Yeah. Books, all yeah. I kept up with yeah. was Batman. Yeah. I just couldn't be bothered with yeah, the Yeah, the funny thing and, and, is, though, yeah, an event sorry, comes yeah. along and you think... Oh, Batman Eternal. Yeah, Batman yeah, Eternal. Yeah, well, yeah. It's a weekly one. The funny thing is, an event comes along and you think, oh, I probably should have kept up with all these other books. Or, and then, or the inverse is you catch up and you yeah. realise you didn't need to. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you went and read like a hundred issues. And Wouldn't that like, be funny if Convergence nothing. had nothing yeah. to do with <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it probably won't. Do you, I don't know if you guys do this. I know we're running way over time, but like, do you ever go in the comic book shop and just like skim through them? And you're like, yeah, I'm up to date with that now. I'm up to date with that now. I'm up to date with that now. I do like, that digitally. Because <laughs> yeah, as I said, well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I have, yeah. I have, because through Newsarama, I can mm. just re- download anything from DC. That's, yeah. that's my dirty secret. And I'm sure I've mentioned it before. And so half the time, though, there are books that I want to get up to date with and I can skim them because not a lot happens in that mm. issue. Mm. So it's true. Yeah. And I think that's, I think digital is actually a big thing for us as well. Digital has made it easier for us to drop because you don't have this physical commitment sitting in front of you. Mm. There, there are series where I literally kept collecting them because I thought, well, I'm this far into it. Mm, you know, yeah, and I've still yeah. got the physical collection there and I want to complete that set, you know, and we all, we could all kind of like, we're all like that with different things we collect, mm. you know. I guarantee you this this Marvel graphic novels collection that you and I both get, the official collection we get each month, if it if half those books we would not physically own were it not for the fact <laughs> yeah. that oh, we're invested agree, in that set, you know. And let's, let's, let's know. face it, like the majority of comic books on the shelves are toilet paper anyway. Like yeah. they're, they're absolute shit. It's but, just I mean, that, like, that's true of any like, form chuck of it out, mass yeah. entertainment, yeah. any form of mm. them. 80% of it is probably meh. Yeah. You know. And 80% of it is ROM the space. <laughs> and that's the problem with comics today is that 80%. <laughs> Which we are doing. I eight, want to do ROM the space. 80% of those 80% are 80% text. <laughs> can, can I say, that before we wrap up and, and go and have a cup of tea and then record another episode. Um, <laughs> We're two hours into this. Yeah. I want to say two things. Uh, one, what Dazzle of the Movie has inspired me to do though is we, we talked about this for ages and I really, really want think this is something we're going to investigate later in the year, is doing, you know, one-off episodes where we kind of like do, uh, if you're familiar with the, with the, the podcast Film Sack, but do that for bad comic books <laughs> and then just really just delve into a bad comic book and get into it. So I want to do Rom the Space Night. I, I still, that, I, that'll be the next I one. I still want to do, we can, after, especially after hearing you do Christoph Waltz, I still want to do a page-by-page page commentary. Yeah, yeah. A page-by-page yeah. page commentary. Where we read it and yeah. then talk yeah. about the page. Oh, we should do Dazzle uh, Movies, a page-by-page yeah. 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 <laughs> um, And, you know, and, and, and 
I, I think, uh, you know, we really need to start also celebrating the really good ones as well, like really listing out our, our Comics 101, which is not – this is not one of them. Next week, though, we're doing something that's slightly better um, in Jeff John's uh, – And slightly shorter. And slightly shorter. Uh, <laughs> the Flash Rebirth, which was basically – it's the return of Barry Allen to the DCU mm. uh, pre-Flashpoint, so – and then it all becomes weird. But – so that's next week. We'll still be doing that. That'll be a slightly – it probably won't be a shorter episode at all. It'll probably just as bloody long. But – we haven't got news. <laughs> we haven't got news, but we, I think we'll, we'll still somehow manage to fill the gaps. In, no, I think we should balance it out. So if this was an hour and 44 minutes, which is what we're up to at the moment. It'd be 10 minutes next week. It'd be a 15 minutes. Next week. Okay, so if you want to go and find us, a couple of things we want you to do. If you've got any feedback, send it to feedback at behindthepanels.net. Um, there is another bit of feedback I've got here from Mario Tort. Um, next week. Which I'm going to do next week. Um, and it sort of fits in next week a little bit better as well. Um, you can subscribe to us, of course, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and all those places that aggregate podcasts. Uh, go to uh, go to any of those places, particularly iTunes. Leave us feedback. Please go and do that. If you're new to the show, I know a lot of you have, and thank you for doing that, but please go and leave a five-star rating or a review. It really helps us out. It actually really, really does help the show out and helps us get up the rankings. Um if you uh, want to listen to any of our other fine podcasts, there is also The Geek Actually Show has returned. It's fantastic. It was really lovely listening to you two guys talk about <laughs> all the other crap that doesn't fit into our two other shows. <laughs> and, of course, podcast Pillow Fort, which uh, a new episode has just dropped to that, and there will be a week's break from that because Amy and I are both going to be overseas during that period, so we're not phoning that one in. Um, but, you can, of course, you can find us on Facebook page. You can find me on DVD Bits. And uh, I guess my renewal for the real bits is coming up soon, so I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a similar decision to, yeah. to to yours as well. I still have not added any content. No, since no, I, since I, I cleaned up the viruses of my my website, I haven't added anything to it. David, where can we find you? You can find me at geekactually.com or on Twitter at David McVeigh or on Twitter at geekactually. We have both. Hey. <laughs> or you can find us on Facebook as well. We're all over the place. You know where to find me. Cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Longo and I guess printing all these Batgirl posters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to post them everywhere. And sell them yeah. on street corners. Oh, you know, I could make While a we're standing. this. While we're standing yeah. on them, yeah, yeah. If anybody wants one, just send me a and <laughs> I think there would be a copyright infringement on that. You can, you can, you can uh, win them in a I game. A three-card yeah. Monty or Raphael Abakoki said it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids, that's been a dazzler of an episode. <laughs> Until next week. Some would say it's going to get glowing. Oh, it's, I t- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we have to end this now. Get it? Because stars, we, they, we, they glow. We, we, and, we get it. And then she it. Explain, <laughs> explain it to me after the show. Uh, I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. <laughs> and that's Dave Longo. And this has been Behind the Panels. Behind the Panels is a production of geekactually.com. 